Welcome to another episode from the Stands Podcast. Week 12 recap coming at you. Uh, a great weekend for all of us. Everybody got to be in a stadium. Uh, got to see both our teams win. Uh, Jacob, I'll start with you being in Clemson for the weekend, man. Or I'll say the weekend, at least for Saturday. Uh, probably a rocking environment, 3.30 kick, taking on UNC. And I would say you guys pulled the upset. You guys were favored coming in, but as far as you know, they were ranked. But walk me through that environment, how it went, and uh, if you were actually able to, to storm the field, uh, like we said, you better be doing. Yes, sir. For y'all's sake and the listener's sake, I was on that field at the end of the game, um, along with a lot of other people. And, uh, dude, that was the best college football weekend I've ever experienced. Um, and I, I haven't been to a whole bunch of games, but, you know, that was my first, like, kind of night game at Clemson, too. Um, and, the, of course, the stadium was just completely sold out and just packed out. Uh, just a beautiful environment there, um, especially the seats I had. I was on the second second row, you know, right around the 30-yard line. Just get to see how big and strong and fast these athletes are. It's just amazing. And uh, a whole new kind of perspective, uh, if you will. But great to see a Clemson win, especially, you know, a convincing win in a way. We didn't sweat it out at the very end. We were able to kind of hang on there. We'll get into that game more later. But um, just an awesome, awesome weekend. I hope y'all had a good weekend too. Yeah, we we were sweating it out a little bit more an hour in, but uh, but yeah, man, I'm glad you had the the, the best weekend. Um, that was good because next weekend will be hopefully not as enjoyable for you. Um, hopefully it'll be just getting. Hopefully it's a good a good game for both of us, and we can pull out the end. But no, yeah, we no, were definitely no, 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 we were definitely sweating a little no, more. Right than you week were. starts now, my friend. I well, I was gonna give you to tomorrow, but if you want to do it now, we we can start it now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Jacob was at the Clemson game. Clint and I were able to make it uh, up to Columbia, start a tailgate a little early in the day, and uh, you know keep kept kept the the brown water flowing and uh, had some good food, and then we're able to able to lead that right into uh, a rocking environment. I would say <laughs> um, I don't know if it was sold out, but it looked damn near close. Uh, Clint, walk me through that environment, man, because uh, it was loud, man, and loud for the majority. I mean, yeah. No, obviously, it was we had a great time. Uh, you mentioned brown water. You know, we had to go into this this porta potties a couple times right down across the street, and it looked like there was some brown water flowing in there too. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe that wasn't us though. We we, no, we, were, no, no. we handled ourselves like professionals. Yeah, we we were we were gentlemen. But no, I mean, obviously, with family, it was great time. Good food. Got to watch, you know, football leading up to our game um, while we were tailgating, and then. You know, you walk into Willie B at night, dude, and it's, it's one of the best experiences you know I've 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 had in my life as far as sports go. Um, and I so I went back and listened or watched some of the game, and I was like, uh, <clears throat> excuse my voice too, by the way. Yeah, uh, obviously y'all could tell I've been screaming all night last night. Oh, we're, we're um, all struggling. Yeah, but um, I went and watched some of the game, and it it was it was as loud as it seemed like on TV. Because I was like, I wonder if this is picking up like it does in real life. And I think it did, uh, at least for the most part. But it, it was awesome. Of course, Sandstorm was go- going. And uh, we obviously needed that win uh, to continue our hopes for a bowl bid. And we, we were able to sneak one out. And uh, honestly, we didn't look too bad doing it either. I, I know it wasn't a super high-scoring game. But um, especially defensively, we've, we've improved a little bit there. And that was awesome to see. So I had a, had a really good time, man. How about you? Yeah, man. Uh, like always, I get I get kind of chills going in there, knowing kind of 
you know, been there enough to kind of know what to expect, but I, but it doesn't get old. It's one of those like weird situations where mm. I mean, we were we were juiced to to get in there and yeah, I kind of did the same thing you did, man. Went back and watched like two specific plays, really the the last drive that touched on the X and then uh the last play of the game where he batted the ball down to to kind of finally seal it there at the end and mm-hmm. yeah, that you you could tell it was it was next level loud in there. Oh. Man, it's just yeah, dude. Like we we talked about it before, you know. <clears throat> like walking into the game, me and you were, I think, uh, just about like there's there's no other like country that does like college sports like we do. <clears throat> so and, and granted, yeah, there's there's some other sports in other countries that get it, but like, dude, when it when it comes to college sports in America, dude, like there's I'd be hard pressed to find a, a better environment to be in. So I'm glad we were able to to be in there for that game. Yeah, like you said, man, we uh not not that our offense hasn't struggled, but I feel like. I, I got confidence that we can score touchdowns. So for us to kind of go down, drive, score early, thought we were going to be able to control that game for the most part. And <clears throat> we, we couldn't capitalize. And we went through a stretch. I think they said there was like watching some of the post-game stuff, man. And and I know we'll get into it, but I think we were like it's like 22 plays, like 30 yards or 30 plays. 20. We just went through a rough stretch. And the defense held up, um, mm-hmm. which I, I honestly is, is more motivating going into next week than maybe the opposite. You know, um, especially with, like, like I said, y'all obviously have a good defense, but I trust our offense even with the O line struggles more than I have our defense throughout the year, which is kind of saying something. So, you know, good win by uh by the team, and you know they they managed to stress us out there, you know, to the end, kept us focused <laughs> for sure. Mm, it was um, worth yeah. it though. Uh, a great a great win overall. Yeah, our voices are hurting because of it, but but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and it was funny, man, Jake. So, uh. Jacob FaceTime, you know, uh, for all the listeners, Jacob FaceTime me while he was storming the field and I was sitting in Clinton and totally forgot like in that moment and it might have been the brown water, but I forgot that I like <laughs> I you know, make I just told you to get a video, wasn't thinking about you FaceTime and then like I was trying to talk to you when you were skipping and then I, I realized that you were on the field as you were talking. Yeah. To I was like, Oh shoot, he's on the field right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, which, I, got I me, it, oh. which got me juiced, dude, because you looked like, like so happy. I was like, Oh dude, I'm juiced for him, like just to be on the field running around. Hell yeah, dude. And that was an experience. I'll, I'll always remember that experience. But yeah, I remember having it up and I was like, yo, let's go. Like trying to show you around the field and everything. And you, you look like, yo, like you're like, what's going on? I, I know, you know, the connection wasn't the best either. But uh, you finally, I saw it click in your mind. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, fuck, yeah. he's on the field. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. I got a video too. I did. I did try to screen record a little bit of it. But like I said, the signal wasn't great. So I'll yeah. go back and, and see what it picked up. But. Yeah, man, uh, a good weekend, and uh, can't wait to be out there next week, man. Like I told you, you guys are gonna give us the opportunity to go to go bowling. So, uh, you know, the stakes can't be higher, at least for this year. They really can't be. So, <laughs> just just my yep. eternal optimism kicking in. But let, let's get into uh, let's get in the top twenty five matchups. We'll obviously get into we can dive into those games a little bit more. But I just wanted to get y'all's thoughts on the environment because I know it, it was rocking uh, all over the state uh, yesterday. So. Let's get right into it, man. Um, a lot of these games, obviously, we didn't get to watch a lot of. Obviously, being at you know you being at the three thirty game and and me and uh, Clint being at the night game, but we had a TV able to, able to catch a majority of kind of the the noon kicks and then a few of the three thirty as well. So let's start with the number one team, uh, the newly ranked number one team in the college football playoff rankings. That's Georgia, um, a thirty eight ten win over Tennessee. They they covered the spread. Uh, Tennessee came out hot, first play of the game. They uh, took it to the house for a touchdown. 
and Clint made it clear to a couple of the Vols fans nearby that that was going to be the, the happiest moment of their day. And boy, was he right because Georgia absolutely dominated. Brock Bowers was all over the field. Carson Beck was making throws. And that defense shut down the, the, the leading rush. The leading rush. Whatever I'm trying to say, you know, they, they lead the league in rushing. <laughs> gotcha, I was gotcha. trying to make sure to say the conference, not the nation, but Tennessee led the conference in rushing. Um, and, and they were obviously able to stop them after that. So, uh, Jacob, did you able to, uh, I guess you didn't really get to catch any of this, but what did you make of Georgia and their dominate win, uh, especially going into Knoxville and beating Tennessee? No, dude, this, uh, I think Georgia has separated themselves again, um, like they've done in previous years with this win. I mean, I, I think, you know, you look at a score like this, you're like, wow, that's domination. It was like, it wasn't even that close. Um, which is crazy saying 38-10, it wasn't even that close because Tennessee scored their one touchdown on the very first play. I think it was like a 75-yard uh, run right off the bat. And after that, they scored three points the rest of the game. If that doesn't scare Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, whoever you want to put up against them, hell, Bama's about to come up and that's going to be a hell of a game. But I, I, would, I don't even know what that line would be right now, but I would imagine Georgia's favored by 7-8-9 right now. Um, the line could be out, not kind of guessing there, but I think Georgia really separated themselves in this game. I mean, Carson Beck, I mean, looked almost perfect out there. Um, 24, 30, 298, three touchdowns. This team is scary. Um, that, that's the main thing I learned from this game. I, did y'all agree pretty much? I'm scared yeah. of them. Clint, before I get your take, I just saw an early line has Georgia four and a half point favorites versus Alabama. Oh, yeah, Georgia all the way in that. So there you go. But Clint, yeah, what'd you make of this game? 75 yards on the first play, and then I think they ran for like 45 the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like you mentioned, you know, some of some of the family we were with are Tennessee fans. And they were they were rowdy after that first run. So obviously we had to let them know. Like that's that's (laughs) it. That's all you get. That's all Georgia's gonna give you. And that was the case. I mean, I'm not surprised. Honestly, I this all a great win for Georgia. I still think the Missouri win and the Ole Miss win are better wins than this one. Not that this is bad. It's just Tennessee. It, it's just not a great team this year. They're they're decent in some aspects. We talked about rushing. We talked about that D line sometimes. Um, but this we're really able to get much going. This this Georgia defense is you know suffocating a lot of the time. And listen, Carson Beck, Jacob, you've been on him a lot. JC, you mentioned him too. Just yeah. quietly be, being a really good QB. I mean, I went back and watched, you know, when I was less intoxicated, watched some of this game. And, dude, he was extremely accurate. Um, I mean, throwing 20-yard darts where it's it's hitting dudes in the face mask. Like, he's, you know, laser accuracy. And he just he's quiet about it, so you don't hear much about this guy. But very good quarterback. And we talked about, you know, what what, what is Georgia going to do after Stetson Bennett? Well, I mean, it's just plug and play. They got another guy that's going to come right in and has been, you know, almost just as good as Stetson. Um, and it seems to be a pretty smart player, too. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. So, yeah, big win for Georgia. I don't know. Jacob, you mentioned they've separated themselves. I, I don't know if I quite agree with that. I mean, maybe a little bit, I, I, I would say. But, um they're definitely not unbeatable. Um, I, I think Michigan and Ohio State, maybe even a team like Oregon or something like that has a chance. Um, 
but it definitely has changed the narrative where the first half of the season we're like, well, Georgia hasn't played anybody. Who cares what they look like? To now it's like, okay, they've played three straight decent teams. Two of those teams were actually really good teams, and they've handed all of them no problem. Yep. Um, so in that aspect, you're right. Yeah, they, they, they definitely shown that they are still the Georgia that's going to try to three-peat. So good win for them. Which, honestly, one of the facts I find almost scarier is the fact that this is Beck's first year starting. Um, obviously, not his first year at Georgia, but if you looked at Stetson's progression, you know, came in and was like, eh, kind of average, it, it seemed, and then got better and better. And then, obviously, you know, going into his senior year, was able to light things up with his legs as well. And then, obviously, became the player he was to lead him to another championship. Be- Beck has, has improved so much just from the first game to now, which you expect, mm-hmm. but if he's able to keep that up and keep progressing and, and obviously with him having the best rosters in college football, like this Georgia team's going to be in the mix for the next few years. Not that we probably doubted that anyways, but you would think some type of drop off maybe with recruiting or obviously you got to develop some guys. They've lost so many people to the draft the last couple of years, um, which I think is just a testament to Kirby Smart and that coaching staff. It's uh, which is something we talked about saving for years. Like it's one thing to build a program. It's another thing to, another thing to sustain it. Um, as long as he has now, granted Kirby's only been doing it for a few years, but you know, back-to-back national championships coming out of the SEC, obviously, says mm. something. So, yeah, yeah, I, and it's not just I, the players either, man. It it the the coordinators too, like Todd Munkin left and yeah. all that. I mean, kind of like the Saban thing where you're constantly not just players turnover, but you know, coaches that are obviously good coordinators that take a head spot somewhere else. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it is hard to win. It's even harder to continue to win if that makes sense. Like. It's hard because your guys are going to leave for head coaching jobs or players are going to go pro, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's so tough to do, and they're almost making it look easy. It's crazy. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is like this is one of their first real road games. The only other road games they've had is at Auburn and then at Vandy, and that's it. And so, like, if they're doing this to decent opponents like Tennessee is at this point in the year, like, all the bigger games, SEC championship and, you know, the playoffs are at neutral sites. They're not in Athens. Like we've talked about Georgia having a lot of home games. Like this is a good, you know, thing for Georgia at this you know time of the year to go away. And Knoxville's not an easy place to go in and, and win. Right. And they did it handily. So that's good for Georgia. Well, and for them, the SEC championships in Georgia as well. So it's in Atlanta. Yeah. I, but. Yeah. Which I think they probably split the tickets to, to each school, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'd agree with you. And I don't know if, you know, I, I I see where you're going with the like them separate. I don't think they're quite separating themselves either. But I think you're right. I think it, I'm kind of like in the middle of both of y'all's points. Like how how we viewed them early on in the year with kind of how they struggled, quote unquote, to how I view some of the other teams. I think the way they've dominated and the defense has played, not no, I take the back. How the offense has played has made it seem like all right. You know, I think Michigan's still probably, probably best team in the country just just from an eye test. But yeah. The way they're playing, like. Which I mean, I know there's five or six teams that could win it all, but they're, they've definitely given me more confidence that hey, you know what? If they go win this thing, I'm not going to be as surprised based on how they're playing recently. Yeah, so, right, I, I, I would kind of say I, I think I said like the separation part more of like Michigan's probably the closest to them for as the right. dominance that they've shown all year, but they've been without Harbaugh, and I don't know how that's going to affect them the rest of the year, and you know going into the playoffs and all the other stuff. So, and right. then you saw what happened in Florida State, they're losing their quarterback, but we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, yeah. And it dude, and if you guys heard anything different, let me know. But my understanding, at least initially with the suspension, was that Harbaugh could coach during the week and he's suspended for the game. I so, think that's correct. You know, if he's not the one calling the plays, 
it's still different, like not having your guy on the sideline. But him being able to coach in the week, I think is when you. I'd rather have him for five days than two hours, right? I would. I would say. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. With that being said, let, let's move to the Big Ten. Let's let's move to the number two, the number two team in the country. That's Ohio State. Absolutely trounced Minnesota, thirty-seven to three. Marvin Harrison, probably one of his lower outputs all year. Three catches for thirty yards, but one of those three catches was a touchdown. So. Shout out to Ohio State for, uh, you know, you get late in the year and like Jake kind of mentions, maybe maybe a look ahead game at the next week or maybe you try to, you know, get some guys playing time and slow down and uh, absolutely trounce Minnesota. They're, they're focused and ready to go. And, you know, one of the bigger, big games, if you will, uh, next weekend, man. So I'm excited for to, to see next week. But Jacob, you got anything on this game? Not a whole lot. I mean, we expected him to, to not blowout maybe like this um 37-3 but um, we expect him to win but um the past two weeks have only given up three points and that's that's the scary part for other teams in the nation um including georgia like that is scary but these top three teams like the defenses are just insane so um not a whole lot more than that uh obviously the big game is next week and we'll know a lot more about this and michigan next week yeah and listen dude Oh, start of this year, the first half of this year, we talked about Ohio State struggling offensively, trying to find their identity, trying to you know use Harrison to bail them out of situations. They still do that to a point, but when they got Trayvon Henderson back, it, it definitely made a difference, and it showed again this game. 15 carries, 146 yards, two touchdowns. It, it, he's, he's been pretty dominant ever since he got back, and it's something they needed desperately, and it's changed them from being a, a questionable, like, somebody's going to catch them tight team to like, okay, they actually might be fine. They might be able to just run the ball first. That'll open up the pass game for McCord, who, you know, hasn't been terrible, but also hasn't been super great either. So honestly, it's definitely interesting now. And like you said, this the game next week, it's going to be a fun one because it's uh, it now looks like it's going to be a little bit better of a matchup now that Ohio State's found somewhat of an identity offensively running behind Henderson and whatnot. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's probably a good thing, right? Let's let's maybe rely on some other guys. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at the other guys, they're obviously proven, like you said, Henderson, and then uh, uh, how do you is it Buke, the, the other receiver? That might have been his first name, but you know he's obviously uh, a top receiver as well. That doesn't get quite the credit because of Marvin Harrison, but uh, yeah, a lot of momentum for them going in. And um, speaking of, we'll move on to to number three, Michigan, who struggled, you know, to, to put it frankly, versus Michigan or versus Maryland. I'm sorry. Um, under 300 total yards, I would imagine for the first time this year. I don't really know that off my head, but the way they've been, their offense has, has had the, the crazy outputs. I would imagine that's probably accurate. But only holding Maryland to 15 uh, rushing yards is, is still pretty impressive, uh, I would say. But not not a game I got to watch a lot of. Uh, but for for a minute there, you know, it it wasn't like they, you know, they were up big and let Maryland come back or. Anything. I mean, Maryland kind of hung in there, you know, all the way to the end. So, Jacob, does this game worry you at all? Or is this kind of like, I mean, if you look at it, really kind of their only game that you thought, okay, maybe they're going to, they're going to struggle and mess up on. Um, does this bear any weight going into next week? Or is just, you know, we'll, we'll handle business as usual um, this week? I don't think it does for the rankings, oddly enough, but maybe momentum wise. Um, right. Because of what Ohio State just did compared to Michigan doing this. Um, like like Clint, you said Henderson for Ohio State got 
the reps he needed. He got to to have that big game, and he's feeling good going to uh, the Michigan game. So, I mean, Corum kind of got stifled a little bit here. 28 carries for only 94 yards. Like, still is a decent day, but that's not a good average. Um, so they, they struggled to run the ball here, and McCarthy didn't have a great day either. They just kind of snuck by again. They're without um, Harbaugh. But, you know, you would hope that a team like we, we've been talking about, this team can almost coach themselves. They've got a whole bunch of veterans and upperclassmen that can – um, they've been around for a long time and just can kind of carry this team. And, and you see the importance of having a, a, a seasoned coach out there as well here. So um, it does worry me a little bit, momentum-wise, going into next week. But um, And a little side note, too, this this was uh, Michigan's 1,000th win. Um, that's the obviously the most in, in the nation. Mm. Um, second is Ohio State with 963. So, I mean, that that's kind of cool. But, um, but yeah. It, it kind of hurts their momentum in my mind, but we'll see. I mean, so I, I'm pretty sure Michigan had almost a identical game last year, and I think it was the second last game right before Ohio State. I can't remember who they were playing, but they almost lost, and it kind of happened again this year. I'm not really going to read too much into this, though, because, listen, this was sandwiched in between the Penn State game and Ohio State game. They got the hardball thing going on. I mean, they're they're to fire and other coaches. Um, yeah, it wasn't pretty. Yeah, I mean, they they gave up some points when we talked about this Michigan defense being really stout. And it didn't look, you know, super stout. I mean, it, listen, the defense is still really good. They had, I think, two safeties this game, they had two interceptions, um, but something just was off. And it might have been the case where, listen, Michigan's so good. This past week, they might have dedicated a day or two to Ohio State prep. Uh, that's it's true. entirely possible. And, you know, you, you just pray you don't slip up. And I mean, not that I was ever super worried about this game, even watching the score, Maryland did come back, you know, second half a little bit, but, um, I, I really don't see any reason to worry. We've seen them all year be really good. They looked a, weird, a little weird in a game between Penn state, Ohio state amidst all this coaching stuff. I'm not right. too worried, man. They'll they'll be awake for the Ohio State game. Yeah, we normally are patting JC on the back for just pulling random dudes' names out of hats from 20 years ago, like random quarterbacks' names. Clint, I got to pat you on the back. You remembered that game. It was Illinois at Michigan. It was 17 to 19. Michigan won. That's really oh damn yeah, good you know that's right, Northern Illinois. Yeah, um, just Illinois, not Northern Illinois, but oh, it was yeah. just Illinois. Oh, yeah. okay. I yeah, thought that's still impressive. Okay, um, I like it. Yeah, shoot. My memory sucks too, so I'll take that one. I'll probably use that <laughs> for the rest of this year. But right and, said, and that was that was last season, right? Yep, right mm-hmm. before the high state yep. game. So obviously didn't affect him too much going into that game. So yeah, I'm kind of with you, boys. I don't think it, it, you can really read too much into that. It's just you know, like you said, they got a lot of outside noise, uh, and I think they've done a great job of uh, you know not landing in. But of course, everyone's human, and they're young college kids, and and even the coaches themselves. You're not gonna ha- you're not gonna be able to keep everything out of the building, especially when it's, you know, about the head coach, right? Um, and, and all the other stuff they had. So I don't think it'll be a big deal. Um, obviously, game day is going to be there. Uh, where is the game at, actually? Is it in Ann Arbor, or is it... Do we know where that game's at? Mm. Stand by. I feel like we should. I think it's in Ann Arbor, but... It is. Okay, yep. in Ann Arbor. Okay, yeah, so, look, even and better. Game day's going to be there. Yeah, I, I obviously the I would say the most anticipated matchup of the year, not only because they're 
you know, it's the rivalry game, but it, they're, they're both ranked in the top four and it's got playoff in- implications. It's got Big Ten championship implications. So, yeah, uh, more than likely the loser goes home, doesn't go to the playoff, and the winner gets to play Iowa. <laughs> right. You know, they, they, would, they would need some help. crazy. <laughs> and a lot of help. So yeah. we'll see. Well, let's move on to the fourth ranked team in the country, and that's Florida State. Um, not a lot to unpack in this game, but obviously the, the biggest storyline is Jordan Travis. Jacob, I'll let you get into that, but real quick. Uh, 58-13, Florida State victory. Uh, they were down, look, shout out to, to the defense and honestly the team having the resolve they did. They go down 13-0 in the first quarter to North Alabama, right? So you're sitting there like, what the hell is going on? Obviously your roster's way better. They don't allow a single point the rest of the game. Travis goes out and then they end up, you know, absolutely uh, annihilating um, North Alabama as they should. But Jacob, take me uh, into this. You're actually the one that, um, I think I maybe got a notification about it before. I don't remember. But you actually sent me and Clint the video. Um, I think you were probably in the stands when you did it. So when you first saw this, what's your initial reaction? Um, and should this have any bearing on the playoff committee and, and how they view things right now? And that's a tough one. Um, yeah, I didn't. I was in the stands. And I think I even screenshotted the box score at the time. And I was like, what is happening? Like, it's 13 nothing. Florida State's losing to yeah. Northern Alabama. Like, what's going on? And then at the time, like you said, Travis wasn't hurt. And then it was like, maybe 10 minutes after that um i saw the you know people were saying oh he's hurt he's hurt now like went to go look for the video and man that's a that's a tough injury right there i mean the dude's leg was kind of i mean people may have seen but his leg was kind of sideways a little bit um broke i think it was a broken leg just i mean it's obviously not kind of not kind of it was sideways yeah yeah. It was sideways. Yeah. It was pretty it was pretty bad. So I feel I feel terrible for him and, and you know I'm not a Florida State fan at all, but you never root for injuries like that. Um, especially this time of year when he's got an eleven oh team right now or it was ten and oh at the time and he's got all this in front of him. He he kinda was the one that bought him here. I mean, you remember a couple That's weeks right. ago they were without um their two stars and stuff and he and he carried them through and and they won that game. So but I think Tate Rotemaker is how you say his last name. I didn't hear a broadcast say his last name. Um, came in and played well enough again against Northern Alabama. But I don't think this will affect their ranking at all right now. I think they need to see a little bit more because they did come back and rally around and put up 58. Um, but this, this does kind of against a team like Louisville and just a short period of time, they got to go to Florida um, next week in the short period of time they have to, to get a new quarterback in there and try to get a rhythm with all the new receiver with the receivers and everything that right. they got a tall task ahead of them. Um, and we'll see what the committee thinks about them Tuesday. I don't know if they may drop them a spot because Washington won. Uh, I will see what happens. I'm, I'm hoping they don't. And to me, if you're the committee, you can't, you can't vote on what could happen based on an injury. But to me, this, you know, especially if they beat Louisville next week, you know, we've all we've we've talked about a little bit how maybe out of all the teams Florida State might have maybe not the weakest resume, but if you look at eye test wise, maybe you're thinking some other teams are better. But if they go and make this run, uh, w- without their their starter, then uh, you know, you, you got to give more credit. But Clint, take me take me into this game as well. We we sat there and we watched the video together. Uh, what'd you make of the injury? And then two next week, you got some injury news uh on Florida's quarterback as well. So what if we don't have any starting quarterbacks next week? How do you view that game, um, or does it really change kind of how you feel who you're going to pick that type of thing? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, going to the injury itself, obviously terrible. Jacob mentioned just about everything we know about it. Um, it's upsetting, man. 
it's one thing when this happens, period, but when it happens to a team like this who obviously has playoff hopes and Travis has been, you know, had injuries throughout his career in college and he's able to come back and have a, a really good season and for it to end like this in a, in a freak tackle play where, you know, just got rolled up the right way. And, you know, it's bad too when, you know, they lift up a leg and his, his teammates that were initially walking up to him immediately turn right around and just walk away because they're like, oh, that's bad. I don't even want to look at it. Go ahead and bring the whole me- uh, medical team out. Um, terrible. But to to go to the point about the rest of their season, um, they do play Florida. It's, it's going to be a tough game. It's one of those rivalry things. But it turns out Graham Mertz, starter for Florida, he um, has a broken collarbone, broke it during the game. And so now you have, you know, a, a game of backup QBs. I think the committee is going to look at this and just see how Florida State plays with their backup Tate. Um, from what I understand, I don't know much about him, but from what I understand, he's he's okay. He's an okay player. He's not at the level of Jordan Travis. So uh, people can go ahead and expect maybe somewhat of a drop-off. Uh, let's see how they play against Florida. If, if they look shaky, the committee, they might make a move. They might think, you know, Washington still has their – you know, somewhat Heisman, Heisman candidate QB. I say someone, he's definitely a candidate. Um, they, they might just jump him just because uh, it's just the nature of the beast, man. When you have your best playmaker gone for the year, that changes the team. Um, so we'll see. And of course, they'll probably play for, um, I'm sorry, Louisville in the, in the conference championship. And so obviously we'll see how that looks too. Um, yeah, just a really terrible time for an injury like this. To obviously a really good player. Um, but that's football, man. It, that's the, At the end of these seasons, man, you're just hoping to make it out alive with, with your team intact most of the time. So um, just terrible news. Yeah, I'll give you a little bit on Tate from what I, what I gathered. He's a three-star quarterback out of Valdosta, Georgia, redshirt junior. He's, he's been at Florida State the whole time. Obviously, with the transfer portal, I had to make sure that's, that's where he's been. He actually came in for Travis uh, last year. They were losing at halftime to Louisville. Jordan Travis got hurt. He led, uh, led them to three scoring drives, and they won 35-31. So he has some playing time. He's got some playing time in, in crucial moments, if you will. And obviously, uh, I think him coming in the second half versus Louisville, obviously, you know, teams change and from year to year. But I think that certainly doesn't hurt going into next week. Uh, not next week, but, you know, uh, when they play Louisville in two weeks. But you're right. I mean, they... They have to. They have to go to the swamp in Florida, which is not an easy place to play. Mm. Um, but but if Graham Mertz is in there too, like he's he's been the starter all year, so you know that guy, uh, the backup, whoever that's going to be for Florida, doesn't have a lot of playing time either. So um, this guy's at least got some experience, has been in the system for a while. So I think that's kind of all you can ask. It's not a true freshman uh, type thing coming in. So the good thing is, if everyone else is healthy around him, I think they'll be okay. And you know that'll remain to be seen. When they take a what, what what would y'all do? Say say both Florida State and Washington went out the rest of the year. All right, Florida State wins the next two games. Um, so both Florida and Louisville they win them by say three points and four points. Is there any chance Washington jumps them? Because you still, that you know Florida State's still undefeated. Um, look at the the resume probably and Washington winning against eleven Oregon State and the other wins they've had this year. I, mean, I have to stack the resume up, but I think they both will be in. We still don't have the we still don't have the Pac-12 championship settled yet, so I guess it depends on who they would play. Because if if they play Oregon again and beat them, I think them beating Oregon that might like, yeah, yeah yeah trumps Florida State beating Louisville, it, especially because of the is. way Oregon's been playing. Yeah, yeah I agree. That's right. a good point. 
I think that that's the only thing. But other than that, yeah, man, it'd be it'd be hard pressed to like. I don't see him jumping them this week. Uh, well, maybe. I mean, they they did beat a ranked Oregon State team. So that's what I'm saying there's a chance, but yeah, <laughs> there's a chance. Yeah, we'll see. But I mean, look, if you take out the first quarter, they they handled business. Um, especially. Yeah. Oh, quarter. I want to bring up one more thing before we move on. Uh, I'll give you two guesses as to what network this was on, but you probably only need one. Oh, <laughs> oh we said it. It's, uh, CW. it's Jacob's favorite network. Yeah, <laughs> that's a curse. You're either gonna get upset by a team that shouldn't even be in the same, you know, league Division. as you, <laughs> or you're gonna have your star player snap his leg. If, if I'm a team playing on the CW network, I'm probably scared. <laughs> mm, not ideal. Not ideal. Um, all right. Well, yeah, speaking of Washington, let's get to them. So they came in number five in the country, taking on Oregon State. Um, Oregon State was actually favored in this game, but Washington pulled out a 22-20 to victory. Jacob, um, surprise in this game? Not so much. Um, I, we kind of maybe all thought it was going to be close. Um, Pinnock didn't have the like crazy stats that he had, but you know, still ended up throwing for a couple tuds. Um, ran for another. Um, it, I, I think this is maybe a credit to Oregon State's defense as it is to Washington's offense. We've seen them struggle a little bit, and I say struggle, you know, that's that's depending on your perspective there. Um, but yeah, what would you make of this game? And you know, th- does does this maybe help them pro- propel them over Florida State or a two point win? Maybe they'll just sit at number five. Yeah, I this is could be probably one of their best wins, and not because of obviously they didn't put up the stats that you would expect, but um, that I don't know if y'all really got to watch much of it. I didn't see a whole lot of it, but I saw that you know it was it was raining a good bit, um, and I think it was really cold. Like I remember seeing one of the last huddles, and it was like an Arctic, like in my what I saw, like a lot of breath. We, you know, it was really cold. Um, but uh. DJ played okay. Um, this is what he did at Clemson against really good competition. Besides the Notre Dame game, and he, and he kind of fumbled a little bit there. But um, yeah, th- I think this is a really good win for Washington. It was only about two points, and again, there goes Vegas again. It was what a two and a half point spread. I believe did it again, so. Vegas. Um, but yeah, because because of the way they did it, they had to struggle through it, and they struggled through bad weather and a very hostile environment. Oregon State, their their fans showed out, and uh. Washington didn't score the second half, but I I don't know if y'all saw the uh the way that Washington kind of um sealed the game at the end. They ran three receivers on the right. I think it was like a third and third and short or something like that, third and three or whatever. Um, and they needed mm-hmm. the first time just to run out the clock. And they put all three they put three receivers on the right. It was almost like a basketball ISO play, and put Odunzi out on the left on an island with a freshman corner who he's, the corner played decent all game, and he's like, all right, here's our best. And we're just going to fucking throw a little side, just a uh, out route to them. And Odunza came down with it. And I think, honestly, that's very impressive. They showed off their weapons and how clutch they can be in a hostile environment. I think this is a really good win for Washington. You talking about that last that last play when they converted? Yep. Dude, that's why I told Clint, that little back shoulder throw. I was like, can we incorporate that? Like, we can give a little axe a little back shoulder. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's impossible if you got it. You can't, really I mean, you can't stop it because you yeah. throw it before they've made any type of move, and it's just a, a timing route between the two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that was a pretty ballsy play call there, but shout out to them for converting that. Made, made it look easy for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Clint, Clint, did this one surprise you at all? Um, I <clears> honestly <throat> kind of thought that Washington maybe would have pulled away a little bit more, um, even though Oregon State was favored, but 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not really too surprised. Obviously, with the, the it, with it, it raining the whole game, you you're kind of just like, man, just coming out with a win is that's that's all you can ask for because stuff just gets weird, especially when you're if you're not a team that runs it 40 times a game. When it rains, it makes a big difference, man. You, you can't catch the ball, can't grip the ball. You, everybody knows how that works. So, uh, to be able to go to Oregon State, Oregon State's very good team. Um, and if crappy weather and still have an offense that relies mostly on the pass game to still pull out a win and get back home, I mean that's that's all you can ask for, really. And uh, I don't I don't think any less of Washington, even though they only won by two. Shoot, they they weren't even favored. They were they were the underdog in this game. Um, so so no, yeah. I mean this is. Uh, I did think it would be a tight game, and it turned out to be that way. So no, I'm not too surprised. And um, this actually forced Washington to to run the ball a little more than they usually do, yep. um, which is something they did to do. They they got to have a little more um, two dimensional type uh, attack to their offense because as good as obviously Penix is, man, you you can only. If you're going to stay one dimensional, it's going to be really hard to continue to win these big games. And obviously, that's what they're trying to do. They're finishing out the season and go to the to the conference championship and maybe even more. So, um, yeah, if they can get that run game going a little bit, they're they're definitely going to be even that much more tough. So, a uh, big win for them. Oregon State has had a great season. Tough team. Um, DJ has kind of redeemed his name a little bit. Obviously, we know his history. Had a really good season himself, and they lost a close one in some crappy weather. So. Um, not knocking them either. It's just a good game, even though the, the weather, you know, kind of stymied it just a little bit. Yeah, we keep, at least I keep mentioning the fact that I keep thinking every week we're going to have a little more chaos uh, in the top five. And actually, Clint, your dad mentioned it last time on the way back, like every single top 10 team won. Which this mm-hmm. late in the year, obviously you're, you're either playing conference opponents or you're probably playing, I mean, I guess last week we uh, had some cupcakes and I guess a couple teams, but this this time of the year, you're playing rivalry guys, you're playing conference opponents. Um, you expect maybe somebody to fall, and it uh, looks like it's going to go down, obviously, to the last week of the season. I'm going right. to get some chaos. Um, and, and speaking of that team, look, um, Oregon taking on Arizona State, Oregon ranked number six, um, handled business 49-13. to 13. Um, You know, we talked about Bo Nix, and obviously you know how, how we've kind of felt about the Heisman talk, but... You you can't you can't have you can't win the Heisman if you don't throw any touchdowns in the second half. You know, Joe, Bo Nix didn't throw any uh, in the second <laughs> half, but just kidding, he didn't have to. He threw he threw six in the first half, <laughs> threw for four hundred yards. Um, and, and I remember telling Clint like, man, this guy definitely like bolstered his Heisman resume, right? Like, if if he was the favorite uh, going into it, kind of how it was with the odds, he might have cemented it. We'll get to some later games that uh. That course, I would say, not so fast, my friend. But Jacob, mm. walk me through this game. Uh, Arizona State has obviously had the ability to maybe scare some teams with how they played a little bit. But Bo Nix is absolutely rolling. This Oregon team is absolutely rolling. Again, I just can't wait for hopefully this matchup between between them and Washington. Now they do have um, Oregon State next week. I say next week. It's gonna be Black Friday, Friday night. So we got football, Ooh. good football. Like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, college and NFL. Yeah, so, it's crazy. Now you just reminded me that Thanksgiving's Thursday. What? Where's this week? This year gone? Which um, and, and real quick, this I know this isn't the preview, but I'm just noticing this. Um, does this spread surprise you? This to me it is kind of surprising, and I'm not an Oregon State guy. The early spread is 14 and a half for Oregon. Hmm. Is it out of Oregon? 
It is at Oregon, and it's a night game. Okay. That makes some sense. But yeah, that still is a little bit bigger than I thought, but Oregon's been lighting teams up recently. I too. thought maybe it'd be like at nine, nine or ten maybe. Because I think the hypothetical like spread for Oregon and Washington right now would be like six or seven, I believe. Towards Oregon? Yeah. Which is On crazy neutral field. About. So if Which it was crazy. in Oregon, it may be like ten. Yeah, yeah. You might be so right. I mean, it anyway, makes some sense. Again, we'll, we'll get to that later this week. But all right, so just take me through... Uh, Really, let's. I mean, we don't have to talk on the game much. It wasn't much of a game, but talk, take me through Bro Nix and uh, kind of his Heisman chances, I guess, with, with today's or yesterday's output. No, yeah, I man, I, I thought honestly before this that he was probably the second favorite. And you know, we, we, we'll, I won't right. go crazy into my <laughs> Heisman weeds here, but Daniels won and then Bo Nix was two. Um, and they both showed out. I mean, like you said, 400 yards and six touchdowns basically in the first half. I mean, it's 42 nothing. Uh, this game was never close. And I feel dumb because we talked about this game last year and how, uh, or it wasn't last year, it was a few years ago when Jaden Daniels was actually on ASU and they, they kept it close. That's why I actually picked ASU in the, in the points. But yeah, I was like a big old dummy there. Um, and that's what Oregon's been doing to a lot of teams this year is making them look like big old dummies. And uh, this team is really scary. Like I said, the only they scare everybody out there. I feel like. Maybe besides Georgia, but Clint, like you were talking about earlier, they maybe even could put up a fight against Georgia. Um, I think this is one of the more complete teams we've seen. So, um, yeah, this this is really scary. But, yeah, they got Oregon State next week, so that'll be a, a fun game to watch. But even then, I, they could cover the, the 14. They've been doing it so far. So, Clint, what do you see? No, I'm, I'm right with you, man. And uh, I think what's – if you can even add e- any more – uh, impressiveness to this game is that Arizona State, as of the last few weeks, had been playing pretty good football. So it wasn't like they just beat up on a team that was like down and out. Like they actually, Arizona State was showing up the past few weeks. Uh, and it didn't matter. Like Oregon State just handled business. Um, I think one of some records, some school record that Bonet set with the six touchdowns, it might he, be an Oregon he, record. He, he tied the. the yeah, yeah. Okay, tied. Um, Which is probably, and he's he not probably he, did it earlier this year. It's probably him. All right. Um, just another one of those like situations where you're like, geez, dude, just another week where it, it, it's almost like we're getting numb to these numbers. Um, yeah. Could you imagine showing like if you could just videotape this stuff and then go back in time to like the 80s or 70s and like show like your, your dad or your grandparents? They'd be like, what kind of like witchcraft is this? Yeah. What? Six, what six, six aliens totally these aliens first on. half. <laughs> yeah. Especially with those uniforms. Well, Alien. Yeah. Would they did they run for a thousand yards? I know they only ran for like thirty. Like they threw the ball. Yeah, they yeah. playing fifty minute quarter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, but no, like it's. I I really hope this that like the the way this plays out for the rest of the year falls in a way that Oregon somehow makes it into the playoff because I do believe they're one of the top four teams. Uh, it just may not work out that way, and it sucks. I mean, that's why it's so important to win games, obviously. One loss might have cost them. You know, obviously I mean, we'll see how the the, the championship game goes. It is if they if they went out and they win the championship, they still have a chance. Um, yep. But even still, like it's the the margins are so tight these days with all these schools, especially with um, a little more parity that we talked about with the transfer portal and just there's a lot more talent to go around. Um, yeah, it, it, it's crazy to see. Hopefully that's not the way it works. Hopefully Oregon's able to get in. 
Because, I mean, just the way they've been playing, dude. And Jacob, I think you just mentioned it too, that they're not a just all-offense type team. Their defense is very good as well. Um, so, obviously, another big win for them. Uh, I don't think that spreads too crazy either, that 14 for against Oregon State. So, uh, I just I think it's – honestly, I'm, I'm definitely going to take – not to give you all my pick too early, but I'm definitely taking Oregon on that one. Um, okay, yeah, write it man. down. Go and write that down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's go ahead and do oh, that. Oh, man. But, yeah, yeah. Good win for them, obviously. All right, well, let's move on with with some other teams, obviously, outside looking in that maybe control their own destiny, maybe not, not not as much as Oregon does, and that's Texas, ranked number seventh in the country. Got a couple of numbers for you, boys. Nine, the number nine and the number 10. Um, nine, that's the amount of rushing yards they gave up versus Iowa State this weekend. And then 10, <laughs> Texas, this is the first time they've won 10 games in the regular season since 2009. So from all the years from then and now, they said Texas is back. Look, I would say Texas They're is back. relatively back now. You got to do it for more than just one year. Um, but for them to get 10 wins, I think is a big deal for them in the program. Uh, but a 26-16 win over Iowa State. Um, look, it's a conference game, 10-point win. This is your second game back from injury, and, and it looked good, high completion percentage. Um, they gave up some some yards through the air, but uh, obviously if you're, if you're stopping teams running the ball from that much and you can kind of keep things in front of you, you're going to do big things in one game. So looking forward to... Uh, to them, they're sitting top of the Big 12 right now. We'll still see who they're going to play in the Big 12 championship. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, they don't necessarily control their own destiny per se. Uh, Jacob, what do you make of this Texas team right now and going forward trying to make a run at the playoff? Well, has the uh, Big 12 championship been set yet? Obviously, Texas is in it. They're 7-1 in the conference, but I, all these I, other teams have played eight games. No, I do not believe it's been set yet. Um is that because because Oklahoma and Kansas State are six and two, and Oklahoma State are six and two? But the, I guess the tiebreaker is wins and losses. Yeah, overall. yeah, you're right. That that's the and that's Oklahoma the has that now. Oklahoma's nine and two right. overall, and the other two are eight and so three. So right so now they have it, but it's not okay. It's not yeah, set. So, I guess, but it's not set yet. So we'll see. I mean, Oak State's got to play um, BYU. Obviously, Oklahoma's going to be playing TCU, and then. I forgot what that third team you mentioned who they're going to be Kansas playing. Kansas State. Who's Kansas State playing? They just beat Kansas. Kansas so. So they just beat Kansas. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I just lost uh, what I had pulled up there. It's okay. Well, while you look, though, this this Texas team. I, they, they, so they play Iowa State. So who knows? Okay. I mean, the, all these, the way yeah. BYU played versus uh, Oklahoma, the way Iowa State you know, kept it relatively close with Texas, you know, yep. remains to be seen. Yeah, but um, for the playoff, this Texas team has, you know, it, like you said, it's in their, their hands to – you know, come back and, and and just honestly, if they play Oklahoma, that's what I think the committee would really like. They want to see Oklahoma again so they can turn turn it around and beat them handily, and that may give them a chance. Because um, they almost had that, that tiebreaker over Bama. Um, but then even if Bama's SEC champions, but if, if they turn around and win the Big 12, I, I, like I said, I think they still have that tiebreaker over Bama, which really helps them right now. So. And they can win out and dominate. I think they have a good chance to make the uh, playoff. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as this game, this is what Texas has done this year, JC. Like you said, Texas is quote back because they've made it to ten wins. The, they've powered through these games like this, where they've in previous years they've somehow lost by three or lost by ten and just kind of almost done the Clemsoning thing. And right. just, where did that come from? Kind of lost, and they've kind of handled business throughout the year like this. So um, Texas is. I'm glad they're back. This is college football's fun with all these one loss teams and undefeated teams at the end of the year. It makes it for so much more interesting conversations at the end of the year. So, Clint, what'd you say? 
uh, reference that 10 games, uh, 10 wins in a regular season. I actually mentioned that in the, I know it's way back now, but the, the season preview, I brought that up. Um, but I've forgotten all about that. And it's crazy. You said 2009? Yep. First time since. I knew it was back. So it's been well over a decade since they've uh, won 10 regular season games. And what's even more wild is they did it in a season where they played Alabama and they beat them. Um, right. so, so they earned it this year. Um, but no, I don't have much more to add. Yeah. I mean, uh, Iowa State, not a great uh, rushing team. And when I say not great, they're pretty bad. They're like 120th or something. But still, you hold a team to nine rushing yards. That's that's impressive, really, no matter who you're playing. Um, yeah, I mean, I I like to say they're back. But when Texas was at their peak, they were doing more than this. Um, now, they're, they're doing it now, and right. they may continue. But if they sustain this, absolutely. We'll see. And um, shoot, I mean, they're trying – Geez, another team that thinks they deserve to be in the playoff. And if they win out, they might have a good case as well, especially with the who they've played and beating Bama and things like that. So uh, this these next couple of weeks are going to be absolutely bananas to watch. Yeah, you're right. Every time we keep hearing Texas is back, we've heard it from, I know the most recent one was Sam Ellinger, but it's like, okay, you had one good season, but it's not sustained. Like you haven't sustained it. So like, right. are, are you really back type thing? So it's hard um, to do, man. It is. It is. You know, I, I I wish I was in that position to to struggle like yeah, that. Ask Deva. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and things turn quick as well. So, um, speaking of teams that aren't struggling, teams that have won, uh, again nine and ten might be the theme. Nine straight games. That's Alabama. No spread on this game versus Chattanooga. Um, which I remember I was like, I'm kind of surprised Chattanooga's ranked in the FCS. Yeah, well, I was wrong. Alabama rolled sixty six to ten. First play of the game, Miller launches a fifty six yard bomb to Jermaine Burton, and that's kind of all she wrote on that one. Um, Miro did his thing. Um, you know, it, 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 this has no bearing on the game, but I, I told Clint on the way back, it was kind of funny. Ty Simpson finally gets in the game, runs like 77 yards, and decides to just drop the ball before he gets in the end zone. Still don't know how this is happening. It, it's the absolute dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, but again, no bearing on the game. Alabama rolled, um, getting nice and healthy over to take on a, a you know, an Auburn team that just lost to New Mexico State. So that's spread <clears throat> surprisingly right now is only 14 and a half. Should be 30 and a half, I, I think personally. But uh, yeah. 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 But uh, give me your take, Jacob. Like I said, this game, not much to it. Uh, it, it was over pretty quick. Um, but yeah. But how do you see the rest of the season going there for Old Not Bama? much to it. I'll say one thing about this Bama team. They're looking scary passing the ball now, which is what they were lacking. I mean, they, they could still. Early in the season, Milrow could just throw those bombs, but he, he's really turned it around and just he's an all around athlete, player, quarterback. He's really taking control of this team, and that's scary for the rest of the nation. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you brought up Auburn because losing to New Mexico State 31 10, not expected because they were, you know, favored by like 25 or something like that. Um, obviously not expected, but. That obviously, I think for Auburn was a look ahead game. They were like, okay, we got Bama in two weeks. We're not even going to worry about this game. We'll cruise through this and whatever. You can't do that with a first year head coach like they got. Um, and Bama did the complete opposite of that. And that's the most Nick saving thing ever. And uh, so, yeah, this is not a surprise here. Yeah, I mean, obviously, not much to add to a game like this. You see the score, you see the numbers. You know what went down. You didn't have to watch the game, really. I, I will say though, it's it's it is really impressive to see how much um, Milrow has improved. Not because if 
if if I'm wrong, correct me, but didn't they come in with the quarterback decision not even announced? Like they hadn't decided who the actual starter was. That's correct. I think I think they that might have actually been part of the problem was it, when you're a young dude like Milrow, it you you're probably not as confident as say some of these more senior guys. Most likely, you're not as confident. You may act like it, but in your head, you know, okay, you know, I'm playing SEC football. This is real time. I'm getting smacked a bit. It's a fast defenses. Um, and then, you know, obviously the situation where they're trying to figure out the quarterback first few games of the year. Um, it kind of probably hindered him because it, it didn't build a lot of confidence. But once they stuck with him, obviously we saw the talent. Now you're seeing the confidence catch up to the talent. And now you, it, it's just turned into this deadly combination where he literally, you watch him play and he's so sure of of everything he does of his running his throwing way different than he was in the beginning of the year so it's 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 one thing to have a really talented guy and now you have a situation where a, a dynasty team like Bama has a really talented guy who now has the confidence to go win championships yeah. it's like Jesus dude we're right back yeah. at it like Jacob says so um yeah other than that man there's nothing much to add it's just uh, we'll see um we'll see him in the SEC championships maybe they'll give Georgia a run for their money Definitely a defensive coordinator's nightmare to study for. I would mm-hmm. say the, the way he's playing, um, man. But let let's stick with the SEC, and I would say probably the game of the week. Uh, may, maybe debatable between JMU and and App State in this game. But Florida traveling to Missouri. This game had, I believe, six if not seven lead changes just in the second half. Um, back and forth game. Um, like Clint said, Graham Mertz goes out with a broken collarbone. Missouri ends up driving down the field. Dude, there were even a couple last-second plays. I remember as we were watching it, we were we had just gotten back to the parking lot uh, to our cars after the Carolina game. We were all standing around. There's five, six of us watching on Clint's on. And I thought Missouri would kick a field goal. They go run another play. I'm like, what are they doing? <clears throat> they complete another 15, 20 yards. They end up giving uh, old, old Big Buddy, <laughs> one of the bigger kickers I've seen, and yeah. uh, and just drilled it, drilled it for the win. So Missouri ended up pulling out the W, 33-31 over florida but man what what a great game um just to go to show you never know what's going to happen in the sec but this missouri seemed real like to me missouri and louisville are, are similar on similar paths that like they're talented but they're in such a tough conference do we really expect them to have this sort of record and missouri keeps winning and whether we're questioning it or not like they just keep proving us wrong for the most part um but uh man think- yeah w- what a crazy game i wish i was able to watch this from beginning to end yeah but uh yeah shout out shout out to missouri getting a big dub yeah no i i really like that comparison actually i i think you may have just named a bowl a nice bowl game for him uh because i mean if louisville loses the acc championship and even if they win i mean they'll probably get like orange bowl or something but um that'd be a hell of a game to watch but this was yeah like you said a really fun game um i i gotta say like ricky pearsall has got to end up on either the first or second team all sec i mean that dude I mean, we saw what he did when he was at Carolina and stuff, and we've seen what he's been very consistent all year. Um, two catches, 72 yards, and then a, a run, which was just nasty for, for 39 yards for a touchdown. I mean, the dude's like an all-around All-American pretty much. And uh, I, I think I see freaking, uh, what is it, the Patriots and teams like that just drooling to draft him in like the third round or yeah. something to <laughs> be a little slot receiver or something. Um, but, yeah, it sucks for Graham Merch to get hurt. Um I was genuinely surprised they hung with Missouri because, like JC been saying, this this place is haunted. This team is really really good, um, but they, they've really found something over the past several weeks of, with Cody Schrader running the ball. I mean that dude. I, I praised him for his last game 
heroics and stuff. And he ran for another 100, almost 150 yards here. So um, it's not just Brady Cook lightening up. And he's consistently, Brady Cook himself has been lightening up every single week, throwing 300 yards. It feels like, like, like you said earlier about these, these numbers are becoming nonchalant. Same with Brady Cook. And these would be like Heisman numbers 10 years ago. <laughs> like the dudes yeah. were ridiculous numbers. Oh, now, yeah. like the levels has gotten to that, that height. It's just like this dude's just like him just above average, um, mm-hmm. which is wild. But, uh, but yeah, this was a hell of a game. I, I'm still, man, JC, I'm, I'm going to give you props, man, with this pick. It, it makes it's still looking at this game. It still makes no sense that you, you pick Florida. Um, to cover, and obviously they did, even though they didn't win. Um, but yeah, that last that that last drive where Florida just had to have some semblance of a defense just to keep you know Missouri going down and kicking a chip shot field goal, and they couldn't do it. Um, almost, almost had Missouri, and Emmels did it. Um, and in uh, Missouri's home field, but uh, came up a little bit short. I think Mevis is the kicker's last name. I think he went four for four. He probably got the game ball. Um, he had a big game. But yeah, um, I'm, I don't know if I'm the biggest fan of Brady Cook as maybe Jacob or maybe some other people. I think he's okay. Um, he might just be one of those like scrappy dudes that just like, he makes enough plays that like he keeps your team in it and stuff like that. And he does have flashes of really good moments. Like he, he throws the ball pretty well sometimes. So maybe I, I'm being a little harsh on the guy. Maybe I'm just so numb to the numbers that we're talking about with all these I other dudes. Of, I think of Brock Purdy when I think of Brady Cook now, and you see what Brock Purdy's doing in the yeah. NFL. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's I, got that potential. Listen, and I'm not a I'm not a Q, QB scout. Like I I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Tom, it's just when I when I look, it, he just doesn't look uh, quite as dynamic as some of these other guys. Not that he's gotcha. that at all. I mean, gotcha. tons of teams would be lucky to have him as a quarterback. Um, Missouri pulled out another win. And, and it, this wasn't a win where they dominated. Uh, this is a win where they had to fight, scrap, and come back and kick a last-second field goal to win it. Um, sometimes that's what that's, you're going to have a win or two like that during the season, and that separates, you know, okay teams to and the, the really good teams. And Missouri is a really good team this year, so um, great win for them. Florida, they play. Oh, that's right, they play Florida State because this is going to be the battle of backups. Um, might not be bowling because they they need one more for that sixth win. So this will be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I don't. To be honest, it's just more of I don't know why I made the pick more so than it's just it, it's just one of those games of matchup wise. Florida, I think, kept it close. I had no honestly didn't think it'd be a field goal game per se. Um, but man, I, I don't know if if I just need to give more credit to like Missouri's coaching staff, like they aren't getting like the crazy big recruits or anything. I mean, obviously no. they, they, I mean, you look at the running back and then Luther burden and they're pretty good, but the, all these guys are consistent. They're solid. They're making plays. Like they don't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, again, they, they have a home field advantage that I can't quite comprehend and, and it's working for them. And obviously when you got a, when you converted a fullback to kick bombs for you, however they did that. Not not <laughs> serious. I don't think you played fullback. That's what he looks like. Um, they're they're doing something right. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, probably one of the games of the week. I would say. I, I mean, we've we've mentioned throughout the year, man, just how well they're coached and especially offensively, they scheme. It's just scheme their offense really well. They just yeah. are able to get their guys open, even uh, outside of burden. Like they're able to get all their guys. In the open 
area. I mean, if they played us and we we had no answer, it, it, they made our defense look like they had no idea what their assignment was half the time. Um, that, that's just how well they run their offense. Um, so yeah, that's a good point. They're not fluky. They they're definitely one of the top teams this year. No, and and they've done that, th- and they've done that for years. It feels like, and yeah, with different coaches. Mm. Um, that they, they've, I don't like I said, I don't understand it, but but shout something out to in the water, man. Something going on up there. Something in the water for sure. Yeah. Well, we we kind of uh we kind of alluded to it earlier, um, but but with Louisville's win um this weekend, they end up clinching a spot in the ACC title game where they'll take on Florida State. But a close win over Miami, 38-31. Louisville threw like fifty eight yard bomb the last like four or five minutes of the game to to go up. Um, I think this is more of a impressive thing for Miami. Maybe obviously with you know playing playing with some backup quarterbacks, um, not having. Uh, no, I see that back. Van Dyke did play. For some reason, I thought I was he was going to play. I, I personally think it's the other way around. I, I, I don't mean to cut you out, but like Louisville did this without no, their two stars. Jahar Jordan, like they played, but they didn't lean on them like they've been doing all year. Jahar Jordan and uh, Jamari Thrash. Jamari Thrash had one catch for seven yards, and uh, Jahar Jordan got only nine carries. Like, right. Jack Plummer, we've been leaning on him and saying, like, well, he's not. He If they had a better quarterback, they, this team could be even better. Well, I mean, 308 yards, three touchdowns. And, like, from Miami's side, I don't get where Tyler Van Dyke stands with the program right now. Like, he's up and down, and he had a decent game here, 300 yards and a touchdown. But, like, I don't know where – does he transfer after this year? Is he a senior? Like, I don't know where they go with him. Um, He's a junior, so I, I don't know if he transfers, if they stick with him. But, I mean, this Miami team has been a decent team all year. Um, they obviously beat Clemson. They're 6-5. and five, So – I mean, this was an interesting game. I mean, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off too much. I just got no, no, you're good, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're good, man. Uh, I, I, I agree. Um, that, but I think that's a, a big one for them, right? Able to grind one out near the end of the season. And obviously a, a tough game that they're going to be hosting Kentucky um, next weekend. And then obviously getting ready for Florida State. Um, and I, I think if you're a, a Louisville fan, you can't look past Kentucky. Um, but you got to be feeling good about your chances. Maybe with a, a Jordan, well, definitely without a Jordan Travis. Um, you know, they're, they're at Florida State. But Jacob, what do you make it? Uh, no, Clint, what do you make of this Louisville team? Obviously, you know, you had them in the preview. We talked about them um, a good bit. Do you? Um, and, and again, not to overlook Kentucky because that one surprised me. That going one way or the other. Do you feel more confident in Louisville? Uh, beating Florida State now without Jordan Travis, or do you still think that Florida State's maybe going to be favored in that game? Um, I think both of those statements could be true. I, I think you are a little more confident in Louisville. Um, but Florida State's probably still going to be favored. I would have to guess. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I, I still feel like Florida State's going to be favored. And like you said, Tate, he's not some scrum. Like, he's played um, so it, they're not just going in blind with a QB that hasn't right. seen any any snaps yet. But um, as far as this game, I mean, it, Miami's still a team that can they they just show up randomly throughout the year and screw people over. Could have happened this game. I mean, we we saw just this week, you know, Michigan and a few other teams that um almost overlooked uh the, the opponent of this week. Just thinking about you know the last game of the year, regular season. And then, you know, for those playing conference championships, they're thinking about that too. Um, they definitely could have been a slip up and it did not happen. Um, 
Tyler, I just looked at a photo of Tyler Van Dyke, and he he looks like a, a high school wrestling coach. I hadn't actually like seen his face. <laughs> I just watched him play. Like I don't, I don't think it, <laughs> I never saw him with his helmet off or anything. I just seen him play. Looked at he his does. like biopic, and he he looks like he should be coaching JV wrestling somewhere. <laughs> but um, and Brock so Bowers is probably his like re- attorney on retainer. That's right. Yeah, these <laughs> <laughs> dudes that yeah. just don't match. Like they don't match their and name. I, they don't match like the way they play. It's, it's weird. Currently, according to FanDuel, Florida State is a nine and a half point favorite over Louisville in the conference championship game. Yeah. Um, I, I would imagine that already accounts for the injury, huh? Yeah, that's as of today. Okay. I think. So, okay. I would imagine it does. Yeah. Um. It, it, that might just be a situation where I mean, Florida State still got dudes all over. I, I know we talked about Jordan Travis and the fact that you know he is kind of the the heartbeat of that team, but there's still dudes all over both sides of the a ball uh, on that team. So, um, but I mean, if you're Louisville, you're like, Hey, we'll take any help we can get. Um, obviously a terrible situation for it to come down, but, um, they, they don't care that they, they listen, they're, they're trying to win a game too. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Uh, hopefully they don't look overlook Kentucky. Um, but if boys, if South Carolina, we Kentucky, uh, I feel pretty good about Louisville's chances. So, We'll see. Yeah, Wherever yeah, I would think so. I would, I would think so as well. It's just that number zero on Kentucky's D line, man. He he is a disruptor, and he can change a game, Big boy, uh, yep. um, for sure. And that, that that would be my my main concern. But I mean, and and look at Kentucky, you know, playing good defense too. Again, I know our our O line has had its struggles, but I mean, there was again that stretch between the like third and fourth quarter when we, when we couldn't move the ball at all. Um, give them a lot of credit for sure. Um, let's let's move on. Um to the Big Ten, Penn State taking on uh, Rutgers. Um, another quarterback injury, I don't think it's going to be anything serious, but Drew Aller left like late, late in the game. Um, I think it's his throwing arm. He couldn't really like uh, raise it like kind of like above his chest, couldn't get it that high. Um, they were 20 and a half point favorites over Rutgers. They covered by winning by 21, so half point. Shout out Vegas for that. Um, but yeah, 27-6 win over Rutgers. Um, again, Aller, like I said, went out hurt. They, they didn't have to do a lot um, through the air anyway, 6 of 13, 79 yards, and they ran for well over 200 yards as a team. So Penn State's still rolling. Obviously, they're going to be outside looking in um, for a lot of these, but you know, more than likely a New Year's six bowl um, for them. So check out anything on that game. Now, I'm glad you said that about Drew Aller because I was like, this is a very unimpressive game right here for him. Um, and if he still got hurt late, it still was an unimpressive game. But I think Penn State as a team tried to, you know, give Rutgers a taste of their own medicine or, or what happened with the the Michigan game where Michigan ran for was it twenty three straight runs or was thirty two straight runs or whatever it was something like that. Yeah, yeah, and they were just like, okay, we're just going to run the ball. We're bigger, faster, stronger than you. So, and they handled business. The, what they had to do. Um, I don't know what to make of like what Penn State does from here. Like, so they're going to get a good bowl, and they could very well win that good bowl um, against a decent team. But they got Michigan State left. Do you think they'll do anything with James Franklin? I know it's still early to be asking that, but like, all they're doing is winning boring games at this point. Like with work, both with Rutgers and Michigan State, like they got every win they needed to, except those two, just like every other year. I don't, I don't know. Am I too early on asking these questions or what? I think that's a little early. I, I would say one of the things that may play into it is this is the last year of divisions. So next year, they won't necessarily be having to play 
Ohio State and Michigan every single year. At least hopefully not. You know, they're still kind of figuring out how right. they're going to do the whole alignment and stuff of, you know, their yearly opponents and stuff. But, um, yeah, I think, I mean, what, what are you going to do? Who are you going to replace them with? I mean, I, I feel like you're in a situation where it's kind of just the, the the ceiling of the program. I mean, they might have one fluke year where they can sneak a conference championship, but like, who is going to come in there that's going to give you any better results than he has? I mean, he's still a really good coach. I just, I, I can see the frustration. Like, I, I wish we were in that position and it could be frustrated or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I could be wrong. Man, maybe they might be, you know, saving up some of their, some of their dollars pitching pennies like, like old Texas A&M did. And, um, might be ready to make a move, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I know we touched on that before, but yeah, I mean, look, he's winning every game except for those two, and that's kind of been the story of Penn State for the last few years. Now, depending on how impatient they are, you can kind of, kind of say the same thing about Georgia for a while. You know, Mark uh, Mark Rick was winning nine, ten games a year, and just couldn't get him over the hump. And then here comes Kirby Smart and is able to uh to really push that program forward. So now who who's that to do that right now? I don't know if there's anybody out there that I can think of that's gonna leave <clears throat> where they're currently at to make that 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 much of a jump. Like Kirby was uh, although not a head coach, obviously under the Saban tree. So if you if you go that route maybe, but I don't think that it if you think of a coach that's capable of doing that, he's probably somewhere he's not gonna want to leave right now. Um I'll take James Franklin over Jimbo Fisher any day. I'll take James Franklin over Urban Meyer. I'll take James Franklin over whatever whoever else quarterback or coach that I mean uh, that has been coming up in the the rumor mill recently. So yeah, look, they just got to get over the hump, and they're doing it. They're, they're recruiting big guys, you know. It's just gonna take um, uh, just a few more wins. But Clint, I, th- I think you make a good point with with the way the conference realignment is gonna go with, without the divisions. You probably have a lot better chance because you're probably not gonna pull Ohio State Michigan every year and you're certainly more than likely not going to pull Ohio State Michigan and USC the newcomer every year. So I sure I hope not. That would be so dirty. Right. Yeah. I think your chances you are going to be are going to be higher, especially when some of these like lower tier teams, not not lower teams, but the like you got teams like Michigan State that you know have been near the top of the conference that are struggling and teams like Iowa that don't have an offense or even Illinois struggling. Like so you have some teams that maybe you think would be up there that they've been struggling so Penn State is you know like I said I, I think they're easily the third best team in the conference even when USC comes in um, j- just as an overall team so I think they they give him a few more years and uh, you know if things get bad enough where they, they finally realize they're just going to need something to change but I think he's doing all he can you know with what he's getting so we'll see Um, mm-hmm. let's move on to Ole Miss Ole Miss taking on UL Monroe. Um, they just barely missed the spread. I think it was at like 30, what, 35, 37. 37. It was 37. They won 35-3. Um, they handled business. Um, kind of a, uh, not a slow start, but like, I think, what was that? Because I swear it was, I thought it was early in the yeah, game. It was only 7-3 at halftime. That's okay. I, I was about to say, I, there, there's so yeah. many games going on, obviously, and we were, out and about drinking things, water mainly, um, that I couldn't remember exactly. But I, I thought I remember looking, saying UL Monroe ha- has a history of upsetting teams. You know, uh, water was an ingredient in it, yes. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's water. It was really, we, so we, things, yeah. we had water, and then like if you shave off corn on the cob and 
mash it for a while, and then uh, there's some weed, yeah. some other things. Um, Happens to ferment for a bit, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we were out there for seven hours, so it, it we had time to ferment. Uh, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> they, they handled business, so obviously that's no surprise with Ole Miss's offense. But anything on that game, boys? Before we move on, not not really. Other than Spencer Sanders kind of came in and played for a little bit. Um, I don't really know what he's planning to do. I don't think he has another year of eligibility unless he redshirts. I think he still has a redshirt available. I don't know if he's played in four games or not, but um, other than that, yeah, no surprise here. Yeah, I didn't watch this game. And to be honest, I don't know if I'll go back and watch it just because now if this was ended up a closer score, yeah, I'd probably go look to see, okay, how this play out. I feel like Ole Miss is just, it's, they're kind of like a, how do I put this? They're kind of like a really good like sports car. Like they can go really fast, but it takes so much tuning. And like if one thing is wrong, they just they don't it didn't work well. Um, and it takes a lot of tweaking for it to like really just and but once it's all right, dude, they're they're up at the top of the nation with you know as far as some of the best offensive showings we've seen. But as soon as there's one thing off, it is uh, it it kind of throws them off. They're not able to kind of overcome that like some of these other teams. But other than that, no, I don't, I don't have much else in this game. I mean, they won. You, it's, they're probably just happy to, to be past that first half. Second half, they, they got to figure it out. And they're all right. Yeah, good analogy. I like that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with that being said, let's move on to more, one of the more uh, disappointing games personally for myself, uh, just based on some, some wagers that, that have been going on. So BYU hosting Oklahoma. Uh, 31-24 Oklahoma ended up pulling it out. What a crazy game. I'm trying to get Oklahoma to three losses, um, which is where they kind of need to be at based on how they played. Uh, but man, the, the Mormons were out in full force uh, for sure and just, just came up a little bit short. So shout out to, to Brent Rimmel in <laughs> Oklahoma and, and then getting the job done. But um, I was hoping that me and BYU and a lot of fans would be soaking in victory and that just was not, not the case. So what you got on that, Jacob? You know, as this Oklahoma team keeps, you know, having these close games, it feels like every single week. Um, I start to question, and I don't want to go too deep here, but I start to question Brent Venables a little bit because I thought what he was bringing with him to Oklahoma was defense because obviously being the defense coordinator at Clemson. Oh, and it seems like he left that there at Clemson. You know what I'm saying? Because BYU, they're five and six this year. They're not a great team, and they had more total yards than Oklahoma. And Oklahoma's got the much better quarterback with Dylan Gabriel. Um, now Oklahoma's been known for a really good offense, and then defense has been always pretty suspect. Um, but like, I thought he would kind of change that. And this is what his second year or his third year? I forget now. I think it's his second year. I think it's the second. This, this yeah, is the second year. Yeah, and yeah. you still well, need. I mean, when when you leave Jeremiah Trotter at, at Clemson, well, that yeah, I mean, yeah, we we have plenty of athletes there, and he didn't bring him with him. Um, but like, you would just think, kind of now is when it would start showing up. And a game like this, Oklahoma's at that level with with recruiting and transfer portal, and like they got the athletes, the four or five stars. You would think to to have a better defense than they have been recently, and that's what's been holding them back. I feel like this year, um, because Gabriel's been showing out and. Uh, I'm just kind of surprised at that, at least from a Brent Venables, you know, old Clemson days kind of perspective. But um, 
Yeah, Oklahoma's sitting at nine and two, and like we were talking about earlier, they they should be the one in the Big Twelve championship, but they have to win that last game, I believe, to lock it up. Um, and they got TCU, and TCU's been a little sneaky the past couple of weeks, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, I don't I don't think you're sweating it too bad, Clint, but uh, how do you feel? My the amount of sweat I've expired from my body has dwindled over the past two games, and it will continue to dwindle in this last game. I, I feel like their best chance was last week, a little bit worse chance this week, and even worse for next week. So, I man, fingers crossed. I mean, crazier things have happened. So, I'll definitely be watching the game, making sure. My, I did not think I was going to have to be worried this this late in the year, especially after they beat Tennessee. Jacob, that's a good point about the defense, man. Um, it may be too early to tell um, as far as is he going to bring any sort of defense uh, to this <laughs> this program. Um, it, but they gave up 217 rushing yards. That's it's not great. I, know, I get it. There was like 30-something carries by BYU, so you're going to give up a little bit of yardage. But um, in the beginning of the year, Oklahoma, you know, they had a decent, a decent defensive showing. Um, but it, then again, they weren't playing super tough teams, so maybe – it just didn't look as we, we couldn't tell. Um, and now it's kind of showing a little bit. Um, it, I don't know if Jacob, you got to see this game, but um, when me and JC were watching, there was a pivotal moment in this game. BYU came all the way down. They were going to, they're literally about to score to take, take, a, take the lead. And they threw a hundred yard pick six. Um, yes, I saw that. And now you see the score, you know, seven point difference. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of was the difference in the game. So, um, this this could have been a lot uh, different outcome. I, I could be, you know, online right now looking for Iowa jerseys. Um, but hey, man, luck was on my side. Um, an outstanding play to to keep Iowa in the win, or I'm not Iowa, Oklahoma in the win column. And uh, they're they're still in it for. Uh, we'll see how this next week plays out, but for the conference championship. Can't does like PetSmart sell like horned frogs? Like, can I go get a pet for a day? Like, I need like a little mascot sitting with me. <laughs> just like them. Yeah, I just need them. Oh things. man! Hopefully, it's not poisonous, but just just be near me, buddy, because uh, I need all I can get. <laughs> for Saturday. At least it's a noon game, so I can uh, hopefully we'll get to catch most of that uh, before before the big one. So, all right, well, let's move on. Uh, let's move on to, you know, I didn't disagree with you, Jacob. I thought it was maybe a little bit closer, but after this weekend, regardless of six touchdowns in the first half, again, because you didn't do anything in the second half. The the stats that Jaden Daniels uh, put up this weekend. Look, I know it's Georgia State. I get it. I don't care. This is major college football. Georgia State actually has had a pretty good program in the last few years. Um, but LSU ended up handling business fifty six to fourteen there. And Jacob, just go ahead and get into Daniels, get into his stats, and uh, tell me why he should win the Heisman. Well, I mean, it wasn't even this week. I mean, it feels like we could, you know, the, the casual person could say, okay, well, he locked it up this week. In my mind, he locked it up like two weeks ago. I mean, the, what he's done the past couple of weeks has just been absolutely insane. And we, and Clint, I'll even give you credit. Like you, you really predicted this game and you said, you know, they're, I think they're going to keep Daniels in to the last drive and really you know, run those stats up. And I think that's, I don't know when he got, you know, taken out the game, but these stats are like, he played three, four quarters. A fair amount of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Eight, eight touchdowns. Um, He joins one other player in SEC oh, wait, history. Wait, say that meet. again. How many? Eight. Yeah, that's yeah, six not passing, normal. two rushing. That's not normal. It's no, not. it's not. Listen to these stats. Uh, so he is, uh, him and one other player are the only players in SEC history to be responsible for eight touchdowns in a single game. Can you guess the other player? I already saw it, so I'll let uh, 
okay. Clint because he has. You know, um, you said it was in another. This other players in the SEC as well. Yep, it's not from this year. It's just in SEC history. You're right. Can you tell me how long ago it was? Just a few years ago. What in five, ten years ago? It's just a few. Mm, it wasn't Joe Burrow, was it? It was. Oh, there you go. Very good. Very good. And then LSU man, they, they don't have to find him. Jesus, they, <laughs> they do. Uh, Jane Daniels is the only is only the second player in SEC history with three thousand passing yards and one thousand rushing yards in a season. Who's the other one? Wait, wait, say, say that one more time. Jane Daniels is only the second player in SEC history with three thousand passing yards and one thousand rushing yards in a season. Who is the other one? Johnny Manziel. Did you see that set too? Oh man, that's my guy. I he just loves Johnny. Know, know. <laughs> that's my guy. And he won the Heisman that, by the way. So he did. Uh, yeah, I think this is pretty much a lock. Um, it's, it really is a shame. Honestly, we'll go back and we may even do an episode or something like that about some of the high points of the season, like the you know the the things about the season that really surprised us, and some of the things that really disappointed us. And I, I LSU wasted a season here in my mind. The, one of the biggest disappointments this year was LSU's defense. So Brian Kelly couldn't get that figured out. And if he had gotten that figured out, like this team, man, who would not want to see Jane Daniels in the playoff? I mean, my God. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah. So go ahead, Clint. No, yeah. I mean, you, you pretty much hit it. That's it's ridiculous, the kind of things he's doing. And he just keeps like topping it. Like you're like, that was a ridiculous game. And then the following week, he just does even better. You're like this doesn't even make sense. I yeah. mean, we talked about filming this and taking it back to let our grandparents watch. They would stroke out watching him play because <laughs> he is just that incredible, man. He, um, I as much as I love Bo Nix and because he plays like, it, it just seems like Bo Nix plays really smart football. You know, almost never turns it over. Um, if you're if you're gonna give the Heisman, which should be the most phenomenal, you know, outstanding football player, that trophy, it's got to be Jay Dennis. With the things he's doing is insane. He's setting records, uh, it's. And it's not like these records were just set, you know, a few years ago. This isn't a new sport. This, you know, over a century year old sport. And he's out here just like, like it's nothing, man. He makes it look easy most of the time. That's, that's almost the most insane part. So outside of that, no, I don't have much. Georgia State, obviously, I didn't see standing hardly any chance. Um, but yeah, but, so they play, who's their last game? AM? Hmm. AM's probably ready to throw the towel in. <laughs> we, yeah. we don't want to get embarrassed like that. Yeah, that was you in that one. Um, yeah, so great. They had a great season, man. They'll, they'll, they'll give somebody hell in the bowl game. You know, definitely the, more, the most exciting player I'd say in college football. <laughs> and it ain't like he's like 6'5", you know, 250. He's mm-hmm. like 6'1", 6'2", like probably 185, 190. Yeah. But, uh, Lamar Jackson. He, he plays like he's Tim Tebow-esque, like Cam Newton. Like, that's, you know, we talked about multiple times. Clint yeah. brought it up where he just trucks everybody he can or at least tries to and puts the body he in the tries. Line. <laughs> he doesn't care yeah. to his own detriment. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Imagine having a week where you throw six touchdowns in uh, one half, as Bo Nix did. He was at minus 110 last week. He dropped to plus 110, and Jane Daniels moved up to plus 140. I'm surprised Bo Nix is still favored, but those are the Heisman odds right now. Mm. So who do y'all have at three? Eight, eight's over. Eight's more than six. Uh, <laughs> quick, quick, man! Absolutely <laughs> outstanding analysis we got <laughs> coming from this episode. Penix I mean, look, look, I mean, yeah, Penix still three. Uh, yeah, I'd probably, agree. Uh, yeah, I'd probably agree with that. I got 
I just want to see it. Uh, yeah, it's probably gonna be hard not to put Penix. Those three, I think it'll just be. I'd those say, three I'd there. say put Harrison at four, but I'll I'll put Penix ahead of him this week. Fair enough. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he didn't have a great game last week. Hey, can, can you imagine? I know we've had it before with, with obviously the Heisman's before the national championship. I think uh, I think it was Sam Bradford, Tim Tebow played versus each other, and they were both at the Heisman Trophy ceremony. We get a Bo Nix versus Michael Penix in New York ceremony, and then we get him. Well, we're not gonna get oh back. man! Yeah, get back. Yeah, that's not so, happen. I guess. <laughs> obviously, those three quarterbacks are going to be there in New York for the Heisman. Who is your fourth? If you had to, if you had to bring a fourth, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I don't know if they do anymore. But if you had a fourth, who would it be? Would it be Harrison? Would it be Carson Beck? Would it be Jalen Milrow? Like, where are you all going? I guess. I mean, do you bring you- um, the the cat from um, the receiver from Washington? Oh, doesn't it? Um, Jesus, yeah, yeah. yeah. But do then, you bring but him? Then do you, like, my do God, you bring, do you bring? I would neighbors. I was like three guys over 100 yards. Bring the whole receiver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bring, yeah. just bring the offense. I mean, look, oh we be close next week. Put X up there, but no, it'll probably nah, be nah, nah, nah. if if it's if it if they bring a fourth, I think it would be. I think it might be Harrison actually if they have a fourth. Dude, stop with that night. Like, come no, on. if it's fourth, I'm just if it's fourth, I'd no, put him I, over Beck. No, I'll, I'll tell you back. Unless wait, if they decided after the SEC championship, if Milrow. If if Bama wins out, which they're gonna, if Bama wins out, beats Georgia, I would put Milrow in there above Harrison. Really, and I get I, it. It's I, not dude, the Heisman's not stat based. I know yeah. there's better guys with stats, but as far as impact to a team, and if Ohio State, it's gonna be Heisman moments. If Harrison goes off and they beat Michigan, that's what I'm saying. Actually, no, oh, I take it all back. Put McCarthy. My bad. Take it all back. My bad. McCarthy. McCarthy. He's number four. You yes, think so? Four. Yeah. Actually, I put McCarthy over Penix right now, but the the way he's playing. I don't like Washington, that one. Washington's struggling though. That's I would take. honestly, I, I, I wasn't trying Pinnick, to call you out. I'm Pinnick, saying no, a lot no, of people Pinnick, are doing Pinnick that. Pinnick's stats the last like three or four weeks have not been. What they, no, they have. Neither, neither has McCarthy's. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I'm well, going to say Pinnick, we'll have Carson some Beck. moments coming up. Nah, Carson dude. Beck would be my fourth. Nah. What do you mean? He's he's surprised everybody and played extremely well the past like basically the whole season, but like the past several weeks, and it's always the best player on the best team. Milrose better than him. You th- and really and McCarthy. I mean, okay, I'll give you that. I think I think the winner of the SEC championship, that quarterback will probably. I think go Harrison to... throws a better ball than Beck. Just kidding. Just kidding. You think who? <laughs> you, you, oh, you dude. had me thinking there for a second. Me too. You just melted <laughs> my brain for. I was like, is he talking about the receiver? Just, oh, I don't man. know if he's only passes this year, but if he has. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just gonna say, no, it'll be it'll That's be interesting if they, if they do bring four or not. No. So we'll see. Well, let let's get to a team that's not gonna have anybody in the Heisman. Um, <laughs> probably the next. They're punter, the defensive maybe. line. I'll, I'll go. I'll go ahead. Actually, yeah, Cooper Dejean, Dejean, however you say his name, he actually might go as the punt returner. Um, I will. I will go ahead and bet you guys a thousand dollars each that in the next twenty years, Iowa will not have a Heisman finalist. Um, but they did pull out a win over Illinois, fifteen thirteen. I think the closest. Clint predicted 24-13. I predicted 16-6. And Jacob predicted 17-6. So if you guys want to figure out how we're going to do that math, who got the closest? Oh, I'm out. I was too high. Yeah. Well, you had you had Illinois scored perfect. Oh, yeah. I guess it is. But, you know, however that works out. But, yeah. Winner, anyway, winner. They, they got a big win um, over Illinois. They, it looks like they're still um, going to be well on their way to the Big Ten Championship, which is, which is crazy. Um, Deacon Hill threw for 167 yards, 19 of 29, like a normal, oh, a yeah. normal stat line. 
Yeah, dude, for send Iowa, that back though. to people years ago. For Iowa, that's 800 yards and nine touchdowns. Like, so, yeah, I was going to say, you show this to your grandparents, you're going to be like, yeah. Yeah. okay, the game was on last Saturday. Cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> why are you showing me this? Solid performance here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, remember, I, I remember mm. uh, screenshotting this box score and sending it to y'all. I was like, dude, the over-under is sweating right now because it's 28 yeah. is what they finished with. And I think the over-under was like 30 and a half yet again. That's what the over-under has been at, like this whole year for Iowa. Didn't they set the, like, going the record like three di- three games in a row for lowest? Under. They just kept like yeah. setting the yeah yeah. Oh, they man. went under every time, basically. You know, guys, Magical I might I might, I might actually have somebody else uh, in the Heisman if you guys are ready to move on from Iowa. Unless you got anything else on this climb. No, dude. Uh, you want me to talk about Iowa? Where are you going? <laughs> no, hey. Speaking of Heisman, Fafita, man, Arizona absolutely dominated Utah, forty-two to eighteen. Bryson Barnes had to throw the ball 53 times in Utah. That's not Utah's. Uh, like, that's just not the recipe how they win. You know, they, they got good defense. They normally run the ball, and they do what they got to do through the air. But, yeah, Noah Fafita, 22 of 30, 253 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, dude, he, he's going to be a problem. I mean, he's a, he's a problem right now. Um, and with him being a, a freshman, and I guess I never realized this just watching. Like, I thought he was a – he's not a big guy, dude. Five eleven, one ninety four. Yeah, which means he's probably five nine. Because they <laughs> yeah, give him one seventy five. Yeah, yeah, they give him because <laughs> you get about twenty pounds on. Like, oh man, but yeah, dude, shout out to Arizona. Um, I, I think I did pick them to cover, but I didn't see this coming. I didn't think I didn't see this type of performance. Um, you know, obviously we talked about the the, the Pac twelve just you know going to be no more after this, and mm-hmm. and this team's going to be moving to the Big Twelve. But I think they got a lot of hope and uh, something to look forward to in Fafita. But yeah, so what do you make of this game, um, Jacob and, and Arizona putting a beat down on old Utah? Yeah, I mean, the, the line was Arizona minus one. And I think, I don't know if we all took that, but I know me and JC did. Clint, do you have Arizona? Yep, yep. Yeah, we all did. I mean, you giving us just one point, like Arizona's a home. I think, wow. Um, yeah, I, the good news for Utah fans is Cam Rising did come out, I think, today and said that he will be back for next year. Um I think that's definitely something they're they're happy to hear. Um but yeah, th- this was not their game. I mean, Noah Fafita is I'm like you said JC, I'm excited to see him. Just I, when you just said he was a freshman, I was like there's no way. This had to be like some backup or something like that and he just is now getting his chance. No, dude, he was system for a while. Sizzling fajitas at Applebee's last fall and now he's throwing <laughs> dimes all over the field. Dude, oh, yeah, man. we have to buy a jersey or something. But yeah, so they they got the Big Twelve offense ready to go, so they'll be right ready to roll next year. Um, that'll be fun watch them in the Big Twelve. But uh, yeah, this was it was surprising to see this final score. Is what I'll, I'll get for is this game. Um, like the the line being just one, I thought it would be like a you know a truly right around just a one possession game. And, and Arizona said, "Nope, hold my beer." Eight and three is where we're at. So exciting. Who they got left? Arizona. They got Arizona State next week. Yep. They're gonna be nine and three and probably get a really good bowl. Good for the Wildcats. Uh, and man, that was that's what I was gonna bring up too. Like that's something I'm I'm proud for us three as like our pod. Because we we've been on this Arizona team weeks ago. Like we were saying, like, dude, this team's actually sneaky good. <clears throat> and it's awesome to see that they're they're coming through, winning these big games, getting the ranking they deserve, because they are a pretty good team. Um, Utah only scoring 18. That doesn't surprise me because 
I guess the, the past week or two when they Utah randomly have these scoring outbursts where they had like 40 or 50 points, that was fluky. Like that's not Utah football. Um, so they came back down to earth, scored right where they usually score. Um, the fact they gave up 42 points, so that is shocking. Uh, they, Utah is they rely on the defense a lot and did not show up this game. Uh, Fafita ate their lunch. Um, so yeah, big win for them. Um, it's also to see um, a team that starts off with not a whole lot of recognition, but we could tell they're pretty good. Actually, be able to come through and win some big games and get the recognition they deserve. So good job. And look, I, I hate to bring up the past, but it still kind of irks me. This team should be nine and two. Oh, that USC game. That is, You're true. right. Yeah, that is like, very true. Nine and two, a chance to win. I'll uh, be a ten win regular season. Oh, uh, team, and then you know, you know, I don't know if that would have put them in the pack to but you're talking about a possible eleven, maybe even twelve win team, counting counting a conference championship and maybe a bowl game. So, um, that's a good point. Uh, I'll see. It'd be interesting to see who this Arizona team plays uh, when it comes to the bowl games. But look, another team that might sneak into the New Year's Six, depending on how some other things go. Um, but we'll see. All right, well, let's move on to Notre Dame. I remember saying that you know Notre Dame normally, uh, which as good teams should do, uh, but this team hasn't necessarily been good. They've been inconsistent. They've always when it, when it comes to these these bad teams they play, they they go off. Offense goes off. Obviously, Sam Hart playing his little team, and I was kind of doubting my own take there for a minute. They were only up seventeen seven at halftime, and then they decided to just go ahead and absolutely trounce Wake Forest forty five seven. Um, Jacob, as a as a fan of the team that beat this Notre Dame team, how do you feel about this game? If it, if it matters at all, um, especially with with Notre Dame going forward. No, I think you absolutely nailed it. <clears throat> this is what Notre Dame does. They they trounce these trash teams and sometimes play it to the competition and sometimes not. Um, Hartman had a a game that Notre Dame fans were dreaming about him having every single game this year and. Uh, estimate 22 carries, 115 yards and a touchdown. Like that's what they were supposed to do all year long. And they didn't do it um, on a week to week basis this year. So uh, that that's, that's why they're at eight and three. Um, Yeah. This is not what Notre Dame, their standard is, Um, you know, especially not having a conference championship game. They're, they're going to get a a mid tier bowl, maybe a upper mid tier bowl, if you will, but um, they're at Stanford for their final game. So they'll, they'll get to nine wins, but, not what they wanted to uh to end it up end up at at this time of year. So um yeah, Wake is they, they have issues without uh Hartman there and um and so so yeah. This is this is expected in a way because their name does this a lot on a year to year basis, but um yeah, not not their expectation. Who who knew that bye weeks are important for healing up and getting healthy yeah right yeah this year yeah um it looks like it did them did them a lot of good um able to rest up finally um especially with the year they've had they had a lot of tough games they they deserved a, a breather and they came out refreshed and they, they took care of business um you're right though jacob they, they they make work of less talented teams but they have like a limit switch as soon as they play a team with a certain amount of talent it's like they turn into a different team it's kind of odd to see a um, but that's just Notre Dame football this year. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll be Stanford most likely, and um, they'll be in a decent ball game. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, it, you know, they, they definitely got to get a lot better, I think, as a whole. Obviously, Sam Hartman's not going to be there next year. So, you know, hopefully, they got some big recruits coming in or somebody that can, can play. But they're, whoever it is isn't going to have the experience he has. So, definitely, I would say a drop off. Um, but uh, we'll see how they do. But let's get into a game we want to talk about, which is the game that uh, Jacob attended um, this week at Jacob. And I know it's rivalry, but I'm being serious. I want to ask this one negative question. And then we can we can go to the positives because there there are a lot of positives, but I do have, uh, and this is serious. I do have just one question. We we talked a lot about the turnovers, and not only the turnovers, but the timing of the turnovers, especially in the red zone. What what is the issue in, in the red zone with you guys fumbling the ball, whether it be the running backs or Cade? Uh, because this isn't just like a one off thing. This is something that that's been happening. It started in the Duke game, obviously, and now it's continued even like again. You guys won thirty three. 3120 so not to be overlooked I know I know they hit that in the film room and you guys won by 11 points but what is there to be done if anything obviously it's still happening as a as a fan how frustrating is it when you get down there and and it's one thing to get stopped right and you got to kick a field goal that's frustrating enough but to turn the ball over and for the ball to keep coming out like what what are we doing like I I, I just don't understand kind of how this keeps happening I don't know I mean Dabo's been addressing it it feels like all year and uh it just the shit keeps happening. Um, it, it is amazing that it keeps happening in those prime positions, right in the red zone, and it's normally not even like at the twenty; it's freaking at the ten, the five, like shit like that. Yeah, yeah. And it, as a fan, like you asked, it, it's super frustrating. I mean, that's just it's it's almost like <laughs> well, let me not say that. It's almost like almost getting it, and you just can't get there. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> you probably know what I'm <laughs> saying. Um, anyway, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, dude, but this was awesome. You. You're getting blue. Uh, I got yes. Yeah. Sure, dude, sure, that that killed me. I yeah. did not know that's where you're going. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, sorry. Continue. Shout out. Jacob but, Brown. uh, exactly. But, uh, yeah, dude, this was an awesome game to be at. Um, uh, dude, I gotta say fucking Nate Wiggins. I don't know if y'all went back and saw highlights from this game or even saw that at all. Um, maybe live while y'all were tailgating or something, but freaking first of all omar uh hampton or marion hampton i'm sorry that dude's a fucking beast i mean the the moment i saw him dude the the guy's thighs are like the size of my torso and i'm fat and this shit like he is built like an nfl running back dude Uh um that's why he's second in the nation in rushing yards he's probably first after (laughs) rushing for 178 on us um now two of them uh most of his yards came on two runs i think he had a 64 and like another 60 yard run or something like that too. Um, but one of them is where uh, he basically trucked through our linebacking core and then took off and sped past, like ran past our secondary. Like you could see visibly like sped up and turned and hit another gear and ran right by our secondary. But um, freaking Nate Wiggins just was like, all right, now fuck, fuck that. Come back here. And he chased him down. And at the very last second, Punched that ball out and ended up being a touchback in Clemson ball. And that was the the pivotal moment in this game because North Carolina was about to go up 14 to 7 and shit was about to start. I was like, here we go. And we got that ball back and we went down and scored or um, shortly after that and made it 14 7 us. Um, and if it had gone the other way and if he'd have scored that, like that, that would have been a whole different game. Um, right. But yeah, dude, this defense, we've been saying it. Oh, I know I've been saying it all year. And I think y'all been saying this defense is damn good. Um, it, it feels almost like LSU, I was saying earlier, they wasted their year 
with that crazy offense because the defense isn't that good. It feels like this year was somewhat wasted with this level of defense. I think this defense is right up there with, you know, Michigan and Ohio State and stuff, but we just lackluster when it comes to offense production. And, uh, but the offense played decent enough. We actually ran the ball very well. Um, the stat lines for both teams are pretty, you know, hand in hand 200 some yards passing and 250 yards rushing per team. Um, so it was a fun back and forth game, but man, we, we just, uh, took off there towards the end and, and actually held the lead. I, and there was a moment where we fumbled again um, in the second half, and I was like, oh, boy, here we go. We're letting him back in. But uh, it was good to see Shipley come back, like I said, and he looked electric. And then Phil Moffa, th- that's one of the best one-two punches I think Clemson's had at running back since like way back in the day was uh, C.J. Spiller and um, Jacoby Ford and stuff like that. So James Davis. James Davis, I'm sorry. Jacoby Ford was the, the receiver. And uh, – so yeah, it was it was a good good game. Um but yeah, Nate Wiggins, dude, I don't know if you saw his uh interception shortly after he chased that guy down and and, and uh Marion Hansen and uh, made him fall into the end zone. He he like toe tapped for an interception too to kind of seal it late. Um he probably definitely got the game ball. But uh, dude, it was such a good feeling to get a win, be in that environment, get on the field, um, and beat a good team. Like Drake May, he <laughs> Seeing him in person, dude, that dude can sling it. He was dropping it in buckets and just dimes everywhere. So this was so not a I, fluky win. Not, not, not to cut you off at all. I, I was at that point you just made about Drake. I was going to ask you because I didn't have a chance to see any game, uh, watch the game. I'm going to go back and watch it, but. Um, you know, you look at the, the stat line, you see 16 of 36, 209 from Drake May. That doesn't look like a great game, but it sounds like, at least from what you were just saying, he, he looked good. It's just maybe that Clemson defense gave him a really hard time. He didn't have yeah, a lot of time. Is that, is that the case? Okay. Yeah, he was, was pressured a that. lot. And a lot of those inter, uh, incompletions were like, he just had to throw the ball away at people's feet because he was pressured a lot. Gotcha. Um, that comes with the linebacking core on the blitzes and defensive line. Just It felt like we stuffed the run pretty well for a, for a majority of the game. Like I say, it was just those two big runs, which was 120-some yards, um, So, which is a, a decently good, you know, if you hold a team to about 100 to 120 yards, that's okay. Um, you could do better. Clemson's done way better in plenty of games. But, um, but yeah, the, Drake May was under a lot of pressure this game, and he still played well. That one touchdown was just right until, you know, a dart and uh so yeah what did y'all what did y'all see of this game i mean I, jc i'm sure you saw a little more than i did i didn't need to see much um i am gonna go back and obviously watch because two of the better teams i wish i would have had a chance to see it live but um no it's kind of like what we talked about coming in this game is clemson defense this is going to be the difference in this game and it turns out to be the case I just had the numbers and make sure I got them right. Four, y'all had four sacks, five tackles for loss. And I'm sure there was a lot more um, QB hurries and things like that. And it sounds like that was the case. Um, so, yeah, that that's kind of what we expected. This Clemson defense um, would, would keep y'all in this game. And not only that, it got you the win. And uh, obviously huge. Uh, you got to go on the field, rub some grass for a little bit. Enjoy the win. Oh, yeah. It's pretty awesome. I mean, you got to do it with the wife, which is super cool too. So, um, yeah, man, I'm glad you got to be there and watch that, especially the way this year has kind of gone for y'all. <clears throat> Some ups and downs for sure. Uh, you you got to watch them beat, you know, one of the best QBs in the nation um, and one of the better teams that the ACC has. So, yeah, man, big win. Yeah, I, I, I was like you, Clint. I'm 
going to try to go back and, and watch most of the highlights and stuff. But you, you, you kind of asked the question I had, which, you know, just looking at this, the, the team stats and the stat line with Drake May, obviously you see that and that's not normally indicative of uh, what he's capable of. So, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it go, goes back to, um, you know, was it the Clemson defense? Was it just him struggling? That, that type of thing. Um, because he's kind of had ups and downs towards the end of the year. Um, but yeah, it dude, looked like a back and forth game for a while. And uh, again, yeah, like I said, I didn't want to touch on the negative. I just, to me, it's been a red flag. But to me, the more impressive thing is that that's happened and you guys are overcoming it in, in multiple ways. Again, it's one thing to give up a, a big play and then for your guys to still go out and you're like, you know, I'm going to chase this. Not only am I going to chase this guy down, I'm going to punch the ball out and we're going to get the ball back. And I think what that does for a team is uh, something that you just can't really account for. and definitely doesn't show up on this. I mean, the, the fumble and all that shows up on the stat sheet, but just what that does for, for y'all's momentum uh, going forward. So it's, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to bring a lot of hype, uh, at least within the community for next week, because you guys are coming off a big win and <clears throat> we're coming off a stretch. Of, uh, look, I get it. I know it's been Jacksonville State and Vandy, but this Kentucky win was big for us. And um, and we, we've seen some good things that going into the next week, I think gives us some confidence. And I think you guys saw a lot this weekend that, um, is going to give you guys some confidence. So can't wait to see how that, that matchup goes. But, um, oh, yeah. yeah, like, like Clint said, man, it was, it was cool to, uh, you know, you know, kind of tongue in cheek kind of, but serious at the same time about you, you getting on the field and for you to be able to FaceTime us while you guys are running down there in the chaos was, was pretty cool to see. Cause, um, I don't think that's something I've been a part of, at least not in a, in a college game. So pretty cool to see, man. And uh, hopefully uh, hopefully somebody's on the field this weekend. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, listen, too. Uh, like, y'all could be on the flip side of this. Y'all could be a Syracuse where like Syracuse started hot this year, won four, their first four games, and now they lost like six of the last seven, including a loss to Georgia Tech this week. And I think, Jacob, you brought up that, oh, Dina Dino Babers is gone. Um, yeah. Y'all are on the flip side. You didn't start off too hot this year, but are finishing real strong. So um, I'm, I'm guarantee you're happy to be on that side of things. Oh yeah. In previous years it was BYOG and stuff like that, and this year is buy your stock in Clemson. So I think we're we got really good momentum going into next year, especially if we can turn around and and kick y'all's teeth in, and then have a really mm. good bowl and uh, kick whoever's teeth in that shows up there. I don't um, even think chickens have teeth, but you know, <laughs> that's fine. We'll welcome the attempt. <laughs> yes, sir. But I'm looking forward to that again. That's going to be, ooh, buddy, the trash talk we're oh. going to have all week long. <clears throat> which, which, Clint, that's what I, when, when you, uh, jumped off but before we started in our pre production meeting, I, uh, I was telling Jacob, I don't think I've been to back to back games. So being able to compare how the environment's going to be next week, because to me, that was, I mean, that's, like I said, any night game is insane, and that place was rocking. So <clears throat> I can't imagine what's going to be. You know, that's why we got we can't let things get out of control early. We got to keep that crowd in because mm-hmm. you know, you know, for sure, are. things people that aren't really fans don't know what the hell's going on. Man, things go bad, and they just decide to get quiet and, and stop waving their little, little towels around, and they just want mm-hmm. to sit, sit on their butts and complain. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, that's not the case. okay, Dad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This <laughs> um, is the guy at the front of the row, like. Why the fuck y'all sitting now? Get up. I mean, you know. Dude, we were kind of doing that this past game. I think we were up there in the seats. We didn't have near as good seats as you did for your game. But, um, um, yeah, we kind of had to be like the the hype crew for that area. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we were pretty much, yeah, we we definitely stood more than we sat. That's damn sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not not a lot of sitting going on. So, you know, give me, uh, give me some, 
instead of giving me a seat, give me some snacks and said, can we trade? <laughs> Make some happen. But uh, all right, let's get in. We got we got a couple more games and uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Um, number twenty twenty one twenty one ranked Kansas State. Um, traveling to Kansas. Um, Kansas State pulled it out 31-27. They ended up uh, scoring a touchdown uh, early in the fourth, and we were able to hold on to, to the lead for a, for a big win for Kansas State. So shout, shout out to the Wildcats getting a big win, and this is one of those teams that I feel like doesn't get talked about, but for the most part, man, they, they, they always seem to be solid, man. They always have a solid team. You know, they're 8-3 on the year, have a chance to go 9-3 nine, uh, nine and three and get to a decent bowl game. So shout out to Kansas State for getting a big win, and um, Kansas kind of falling off a little bit, probably going to be dropped out of the rankings now, but um, you know, a lot, a lot to look forward to next year with Jalen Daniels announced that that he's going to be going back. So, anything on this game, guys, before we move on? Yeah, Kansas State, like they're probably the Utah of the Big Twelve. Like they're just super well coached team, just always be you know right around that two to four loss mark at the end of the year. Um, I I really feel bad for Kansas, man, and that sounds weird, but they had that huge win against Oklahoma earlier this year, and. They just can't keep a healthy quarterback, whether it's Jalen Daniels or Jason Bean. You had Cole Ballard playing today. And if they had stability there, man, I feel like they could really make some noise nationally and not just be ranked 25th and kind of going in and out of the rankings. Um, but that being said, I thought Kansas State would win this game, no matter who the quarterback was. Because, uh, like I said, Will Howard's been lighting it up the, these past few weeks and they've uh, been playing pretty well. So, um, yeah, good win for Kansas State. And they feel sure they love that rivalry win. Sorry, I'm looking at something real quick. I want to see something. Um, no, yeah, I don't have much to add. Uh, this is one of the other games I actually have written down, or it's in my phone, to um, go back and watch because it was a closer game and one of the rivalries you like to see. Um, Kansas State still alive for maybe going to a conference championship. So we'll yeah. we'll see how this plays out. But uh, that three-way tie, it's gotten weird. Um, so we'll see what happens next week. Yeah, gotten weird might be actually the the, the best way to describe this season, <laughs> at least the last few weeks going going into next week. So, um, I will move on. We'll we'll stick with the Big Twelve though. Oklahoma State ring number twenty three. Um, close game back and forth with Houston. Shout out to Houston for for keeping up with them for a while. And um, we were just hoping Oklahoma State covered the seven point spread, which they did. Kind of took away at the end and ended up getting a forty three to thirty win. So. Mike Gundy, I believe we, we're going to try to get that right two weeks in a row. Um, got his team uh, a big win, staying going to stay in the top twenty-five, and and uh, they're also ranked eight and three. And, and like Clint just said, and hoping maybe to sneak into the title game and cause chaos. So, what you got, Jacob? Yeah, another big Ollie Gordon game. Um, one hundred sixty-four yeah. yards rushing and uh, three touchdowns here. So, um, I think I saw that he was like. Eighth or ninth or tenth somewhere in that range in the Heisman. Um, now he was like plus ten, twenty thousand or whatever. But um, that's exciting for Oklahoma State fans. Have somebody up there that high. This dude's been lighting it up all year. Another big game here. And Alan Bowman played pretty well. Um, almost three hundred fifty yards passing, two touchdowns himself. Um, yeah, it's just a shame for them that they didn't play this well to start the season. Uh, like they yep. they had the the loss to South Alabama, which is like the Auburn. Like what the hell happened against you know. Uh, New Mexico State this past week, and then they lost to Iowa State and stuff, and um, got completely what the hell happened to UCF last week. So, if it wasn't for just those head scratchers, like Oklahoma State could be, like we were talking about with Arizona, like a 10, 11, 12 win team here. Um, so, it's kind of a shame for that, but uh, um, yeah, 
good good win for him at Houston. Yeah, I mean, and we talked about too with some of these other games. This this is a, a prime time for some some teams to slip up, and Oklahoma State didn't didn't cave. Uh, Houston can score. We saw earlier in the year Houston has somewhat of an offense that can that can hurt you. Um, <clears throat> Oklahoma State was able to keep up and able to hold on and not not be one of those teams that um you know is looking like Auburn right now with scratching their heads like how do we just lose that game? So not a really good win for them. I I do want to jump back to Kansas just for a second because. Um, I try to give some of these teams that we don't talk about a whole lot some credit where credit's due. Um, Jacob and you were talking about Kansas and just kind of feeling bad for them, but they're doing better. Can I give you a rundown of their how many wins they've had each season since 2010? Please. Yeah, go for it. All right. 2010, three wins. Next year, two wins. Next year, one win. Next year, three wins. Next year, three wins. Next year, zero wins. Next year, two wins. Next year, one win. Uh, next year, three wins. Next year, three wins. Next year, zero wins. Next year, two wins. And then last year, under Lance Leipold, they had six wins. Right now, they have seven for this year, and they could. Uh, they got a good chance to have eight wins. Um, but yeah, after, the quarterback, you just slap right. me across the face with those numbers. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I know it's a lot, but you could tell that there was a, a number bigger than three during that whole slate up until last year. So, Lance Leipold's got, got this 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 team in the right direction for sure um, with a good chance to have eight win season um, after the Cincinnati game next week. So yeah, I just want to throw that out real quick. What's sad about that is uh, before Leipold, Les Miles was there for a couple of years and couldn't get over three wins. <laughs> That's so, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't, didn't work out so well. I no, appreciate that stat, man. Cause that, that just look, it's, it's kind of like how Duke and North Carolina are, right? Like been basketball schools, obviously Kansas is obviously one of the, the blue bloods of college basketball, but you have mm-hmm. the, you got the kind of infrastructure around fan base wise that if you guys get some things rolling, like you guys got the fan base and um and obviously the athletic department is probably ready to support you. So hopefully the they'll keep building and it's uh, nice to see Jalen Daniels actually come back and play another year because when that dude's on the field and he's healthy, he's definitely one of the better quarterbacks uh, in the country for sure. So let's move on to the last last ring game we got and that's Tulane. Uh, Tulane hasn't, you know, they've been getting these big spreads, haven't been able to cover, and uh, so Vegas decides to give them a. Uh, cover, uh, spread of like nine and a half, and of course they go and cover that easily, twenty four eight. Michael Pratt becomes Tulane's all time leading passer. He throws three touchdowns in the win. Um, so Tulane's man, they've been hovering around that twenty four twenty five spot all year. They get their tenth win, um, which is a pr- pretty solid team overall. It'll be interesting to see how they do, how they get uh, in a bowl game. I like to see them versus uh, a pretty solid opponent and kind of see how they match up um, when it comes to that. Obviously, they played. Ole Miss early in the year and, and didn't quite pull out the win, but like I said, uh, this late in the season and getting some experience under their belt, it'd be good to see them in a bowl game. So, Jacob, what you got on old Tulane? Yeah, crazy that Michael Pratt uh, been around that long time and uh, finally, like I said, broke the uh, school record for passing. It was passing yards, right? Passing touchdowns. Yeah, I believe so. Yep. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, I, I thought Tulane would win this and cover. And uh, it was mainly because this wasn't a, a, a night game at FAU. Um, I don't know why I feel that way, but it obviously rang true. Um, but yeah, this this team is really good, uh, just like they were last year. Um, obviously not playoff good, I wouldn't think. I'm not. That's no shading at Tulane, but just I think they would match up really good against like a Liberty or something like that um, in a bowl game. I think that I'd turn tune into that like in a heartbeat. Um, so yeah, good win, good win for them, and. Uh, they got who left? UTSA. So, should be another 11 win season for them. 
I think I think Liberty's in the conference. I was trying to find what they're in the. Is that's not the Sun Belt, is it? Oh, maybe not. Liberty's not right there. No, Tulane. I'm trying to figure out what conference they're in. They're in the uh, American. <laughs> I got you. So I'm trying to figure out what uh, SMU maybe or Utah UTSA seven on the conference. So we'll see. Oh yeah. Who would be high? Oh, would it really? Yeah, Tulane, SMU, and UTSA are all seven zero in the conference. Ooh. And maybe one to turn, tune we'll, into. Figure, figure out this weekend, then, Clint. What you yeah, got? Figure that out. Um, listen, I'm I'm dumb, but I'm not a liar. I didn't watch this game, uh, so I don't have much to add. Uh, I do. I, what, what do y'all think would be a good uh, bowl matchup for this team? I mean, they're the highest ranked uh, group of five team, aren't they? Uh, definitely now. Yeah. yeah, Tulane. At least in the in the college football playoffs, they are the only group of five. They team would. Right? So if they end up getting, would that get them into the New Year Six? Uh, probably. I don't know. They might be playing a top like twelve team in the nation. They could, but I hope it's not like I hope it's not Louisville or Missouri. Like I want it to be like a big like a. Uh, Tell me why though. Tell the, me why. Just because shot. I want to see him against like I just want to see him against like a blue blood, like a good like, what about Oklahoma. Like to see how far off they are. I'd like to see like Tulane, Penn State. Let's see Ooh. how that goes. Yeah, yeah. Just to see Dude, that offense. Uh, have, have them play USC, uh, Southern Cal, and uh, just really embarrass them. <laughs> just to be able to turn on top. I think that's that more of a disgrace to Tulane. I don't. A ten and one Tulane team, possibly eleven and one conference championship, a seven and five, whatever. No. disrespect uh, to Tulane. Yeah. Oh, okay. I my think, bad. Yeah. Apologies. I, uh, You're right. <laughs> uh, Which do y'all want to quickly talk about USC? I know they're not a ranked team and stuff, but that UCLA USC. Yeah, we game. can talk about them. I got two words. Oh they yeah, any suck. chance to shit on them, I'm, I'm down. They suck. <laughs> they suck. That's right. Their season's I, done. Actually, you know what? You know what? We're gonna beat you guys. We're gonna be six and six, and I hope we play them and figure out who the will the real USC is. And I actually like our chance. There you go. Hey, I'm down for that. Yeah, but yeah, their, their season's already done. They're seven and five. Yeah, um, no, suck. Yeah, uh, Caleb Williams. I think he was still like plus ten thousand for the Heisman for some reason. I think that's just he he was on it last year, I guess. Um, but yeah, that this game they they only ran for three yards. Did y'all see that stat? You see? Yeah, they suck. Mm-mm. They got that's- a good running back. They have a good running back. Marshawn Lloyd's pretty good. Only eight carries for seventeen Jeez. yards, but yeah, just three three total team rushing yards, which is just wild. But yeah, I mean, JC, you said before when we were doing the pre or pre game for the pod, uh, how the wrong coach is kind of on the hot seat. It seems like in LA, uh, it shouldn't be yeah. Chip Kelly, which they said they were going to no, fire I, him I mean, after like, this it, game. It, it shouldn't be Lincoln Riley, and it shouldn't be Chip Kelly. Like Lincoln Riley, like let's be realistic, he's not going to be in the hot seat after this year, but. Chip Kelly definitely should not be in a in a in a year where the conference is having the the best year they've ever had, which is absolutely insane. And then what are they at? Eight wins now, seven and uh, four, or seven wins now, and the, and the teams that they've beaten, especially when you got a true freshman at quarterback. Come on, man! What's the last time has UCLA been any sort of relevant? Um, they've been really good with Dorian Thompson Robinson the last few years. He obviously graduates and goes somewhere else, and they got a five star true freshman and let him develop him. And look, Chip Kelly's a 
he's like Jim Harlow, man. He's like a weird guy, but he's one of the 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 most uh, one as far as innovative coaches go, and just just the way he he calls plays, man. He's one of the best uh, in all of football. So yeah, if they fire him, man. That, that's bad on them because they're not going to get anybody in. That's that's gonna that's gonna be you know as good as he is. Yeah. So especially especially with the move to the Big Ten. You think you think Caleb stays? Like, what do you think he does? Does he does he go to the NFL? Does he stay at USC? Does he transfer? Like, what nah, do you think is? Uh, he's not transferring. I think he's going to the NFL. I think first of all, he's been really humbled the past several weeks. The last half of the season, he's been really humbled. He's acting differently and stuff, which is, I think, what he needed because he was kind of going down a path of like, yeah, I'm a Heisman winner. I I need to have stake in whatever team drafts me and shit like that. Um, so I think it would be beneficial for him to come back for another year. Um, because I think right now. What would be the top team is the Panthers? Somebody that has the number one pick projected yeah, right now. They're not drafting. A, they're not drafting a quarterback. Right. I mean, did you see the the tweet though? I forgot what quarterback it was, but apparently last year, oh, it was Max Duggan. Max Duggan last year at the press conference, they lose a the national championship. He's crying. Caleb Williams tweets out like "lol," and then Duggan retweeted when him crying in the stands. It was like "lol." Oh, did he? <laughs> oh, that's, oh man. Dude, he awesome. kept the receipts for sure on that one. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And I think crying over losing national championship is is uh, a little more understanding than like crying to lose your chance at a national championship on a seven and five team after you've lost the Heisman. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we all agree with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's weird how narratives change week to week with UCLA man losing to um, Arizona State and everybody's calling for Chip Kelly's job, and then they go and beat. USC and now everybody's looking at USC like, man, y'all actually are bad this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially oh, defensively. If they, it, it, man, that's the, that's the worst part, man. If they had anything on the defensive side, they had a great chance to win this conference, and they just don't. They don't have it. Yep. yep. I don't even want to give them any more energy. They're bad, dude. They're bad. <laughs> All right, that's fair. So, so anyway, should we take it to the real USC? Yeah, there's a five and six. Yeah, team buddy. <laughs> Jacob, did you catch any of these highlights? Or actually, I guess did did you end up watching the game? I guess because I don't know what time you got back home. But no, I we were. I was actually. Uh, I, well, I had a little bit of the game on, um, but I was watching some <clears> other <throat> games as well as I was driving. Well, let me not say that I wasn't watching games and driving. I was listening to games. <laughs> um, mm. So, but I caught a little bit um, here and there, but it wasn't enough to really come to like a much of a decision about anything i would say or any kind of analysis um this was much low scoring more low scoring than i thought it would be that's the main thing i would i would say what you got yeah. what you think man mm, i won't give you too long just because i know we're going a little long here and this is on rank matchup but hey man love the game cox so i'll give a little bit but um i mean from the perspective of actually being in the game uh, it's it's it was nice to see our defense kind of show up. That's obviously putting our um. God, see my voice is cracking because it hurts. Nice. Um, I know it's not much of a screaming damn game. <clears throat> um, it was nice to see our defense show up. It's been kind of our downfall this year, is especially in the secondary. We just we're not able to really stop a lot. Um, I I do want to put a caveat that Kentucky definitely got a couple guys behind us. On defense, um, but Devil Leary overthrew everyone every single time. Like it was so bad that he would release the ball, and we were all like, "Oh no, chance!" Like he just overthrew the guys that bad. Um, but outside of one or two of those, for the most part, our defense definitely held up and came up big at the very end of the game. 
um, where we needed some key stops. Um, offensively, I, I did like that, you know, because we've been talking about rolling Spencer out, give him some time to find some receivers. They definitely rolled him out a few times. Uh, for whatever reason, it just didn't look right. Um, I don't know if everybody wasn't on the same page. There's a situation that JC actually brought up. He was, uh, they rolled Spencer out to the right. And X, our best, you know, Xavier, our best receiver, is blocking like it was a, uh, maybe he just thought Spencer was going to run or something. But um, so Spencer had nobody to throw to because his receivers are blocking. So something didn't look right, but they did try and they were, they were safe with the ball. Kai Kroger, give him a shout out. He hasn't looked super great this year, especially compared to last year when he was one of the best punters in the nation. Actually pinned, um, pinned the Kentucky back several times within the 10. So um, not, not a flashy game, but. Jesus, like over some of the losses we've had, this was it was refreshing to see that we were able to stay tight in a close game, be down in the second half, and have enough composure to come back, score, um, get a couple turnovers, and um, seal it. So uh, this last game will actually mean something when we go, you know, um, back into Willie B, trying to get bowl eligible. So yeah, man, it was awesome. Yeah, and on the flip side of us, you know, there some of the receivers running past us. I think there there were multiple times me and you, Clint, we saw where you know we had some guys leaking out that we just weren't able to get to. Whether Spencer just you know wasn't able to get the read quickly or just didn't have a lot of time, but definitely he mm. has the chances down the field that I feel like we should have taken it and we didn't. Um, you know, I thought early on the way we went down and, and scored that first drive that you know we, we definitely should have. I feel like we were going to be in control of that game, and obviously not the case. Give, give their defense uh, credit as well. Um, but yeah, look, when you're working with, uh, I think the, the, the harder part was the fact that we, we don't have Juju McDowell now. So now we're, and we didn't have to carry on. So we only have two scholarship backs that are active, which is, uh, Mario Anderson and then DJ Brass for the two freshmen. So we used Lenore Sellers to try to, to mix in some different run games and packages and put, put some things on tape. And, uh, I think with that, you can do a lot of different things. He didn't, he didn't throw the ball at all out of that package and I think he can and obviously Clemson is going to know that but at least give uh, you guys something else to, to have to study for because um, we did a lot of things out of that package because most of the time Spencer was still on the field so you know um, the, the thing I didn't like was the fact that in certain situations where we didn't need it we got we got a little cute trying to do these little reverse plays and stuff we even used X out mm, of the backfield which yeah. I think was just more out of necessity um, but, but the biggest thing and this will be my last point is that uh, some of the plays we were making on, and it could be the matchups, but like we were getting four or five yards, but we wouldn't call those plays on first down, which was like Clint's biggest point in the game. Like, how about we get a, a second and five instead of a, a second and 12? And we're hurting ourselves. Now, Now, thankfully, uh, if you look at that game on the drive, we got backed up. We had like second and 20. Uh, then it ended up being like third and third and 20 something. We threw a, a ball to X. He got like 17 yards, third and 10. And we ended up converting, but. That's that's what she's in the foot is we are letting first down kill us and that's what I mean by momentum early in the game is that if we allow a sack early or we're getting pressured and we're throwing balls away and getting intentional groundings and we're working with first and twenty fives or second and fifteens whatever the case may be um, that's not a recipe for success so we got to do a better job of staying ahead of the sticks um, because that's why we ran for fifty yards which we gotta at least run for more than 50 yards to beat Clemson. Um, mm-hmm. And Shane Shane made a good point. There was a couple of runs that Mario looked like he was about to bust through that line and get through, which there was, um, but it didn't happen. So um, we'll see, man. It, it'll be an interesting game. Like I said, obviously our struggle has been O-line and y'all's biggest, uh, you know, biggest part of y'all's team is the defense. 
and I think that y'all turn the ball over, and I think we got on the offense, we got some athletes that can make plays. It's going to be interesting, man. And see who can uh, limit turnovers, and uh, you know, once we get in the red zone or any really just plus side of the field, man, we we got to get points. So obviously, we'll we'll go more into that preview, but um, yeah, man, that's kind of how it felt. It was just good. It was nice to be there, man. Uh, stressful. They, I mean, they kept us, you know, to, to the very end. We, we had the ball three minutes left. Thought we were going to close it out, and we had to punt it off one more time and and suffer through that. So, and Spencer still being a dude too. I know, JC, you mentioned I think in the car that that, that game winning drive he had. I think he went seven for seven or something like that. Seven to seven, um, sixty-two yards. Yeah, and it was mm-hmm. clinical. Like he was making throws. You're like, uh, we'll see him at, at the next level. Like he was making some yeah. outstanding throws. So, yeah, and also, hey, I've seen that out of him all year. Like mm-hmm. if he had like, for example, Missouri's line, he'd be doing a lot better than Brady Cook, and that's saying something. Oh yeah, I yeah. agree a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. But you're I, right, man. Y'all's point about Clemson's great defense. If we're playing Clemson and every third down we're having to gain 10, 12, 14 yards, we're we're definitely going to lose that game. We, it, it has to be a situation where we have to have some positive yardage on first down. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, we'll get to the preview this week, and uh, I'm sure there'll be some chatter back and forth between now and then. But right now, the, the line's sitting at 7.5, Clemson's way. So we'll see how that fluctuates uh, one way or the other in the week. But can't wait, man. Um, this has been uh, been a long time coming, been a hell of a season, and uh, we'll uh, see if we can't cap it off with a big win. So we'll see what happens. Hell yeah, boys. Looking All right, guys. To- catch, you, uh, catch you guys later this week. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Bye. See you.